Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us at 7 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brett, uh, Brooke Grimsley is here. I was about to call you Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah. Brett Cecil. Uh, oh, Brett. Ooh, no. no. Don't do that to you. Please don't. I, I'm just thinking after this, what we saw Jerry yesterday. Jerry Davis is here. So, <laughs> I, I jokingly called Ben Lively Blake Lively. I texted you guys a picture of Blake Lively last night. Apparently, on the postgame show, Jim Evans really did refer to Ben Lively, the oh. red starter, as he Blake. He did. I sent it to you guys yeah. uh, in, in the chat because I, just, because I I want people to know that Jim Edmonds also listens to the opening drive. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So we got to put him on the text chain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cardinals lost last night by a score of 10-3. to 3. Ben Lively did go four innings. Uh, no, he went six innings. Our guy went four innings. Uh, Li- <laughs> Lively went six innings. He allowed two runs on five hits. Uh, Steven Matz is 0-6 on this season. That means zero victories. And those are draws. Those mm. are losses. Six losses, uh, no draws. And uh, his earned run average is 5.72. In general, this is just from observation over the course of 60 years of watching baseball. Actually, probably 55, because I probably didn't watch for the first five years as closely as I have (laughs) the last 55. But in general, a 5.72 earned run average is not an ERA that allows one to have a winning record. And so, uh, in the immortal words of former football Cardinals head coach Gene Stallings, Stephen Matz is kind of scuffling. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is causing this? I he you talked about it in the. <laughs> I wish people could have seen the look you just gave yeah, me. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I because you talked about it. This is the same player that performed really well prior to being signed here. For Toronto, he and, was fourteen and seven, three point eight two. And so, what is causing this? Because last season, I didn't think he performed particularly well. He didn't look great. Uh, in his role, and so and here we are in the starting role. I thought he was going to do a really good mm-hmm. job, and it just hasn't come to fruition just yet. Great pitchers have great command within the strike zone. When you are allowing 11 hits in four innings, you're throwing the ball down the middle too much. And the the great pitchers, Greg Maddox, can break the the plate up. You, you see those hot zones on TV where it's the nine sections. You got three rows down and three rows across the hot zone. The great guys like Maddox can break it up into 16 and hit their spots wherever they want. So it's four rows down and four rows across. Mm-hmm. Good, a, a good, decent pitcher should be able to find a spot within the nine little openings that you have. Some guys are really hot, like in the middle or uh, down and in. Steven Matz doesn't look like he can hit any of those. Steven Matz looks like he has no idea where the ball is going to go, so he's aiming for the middle of the plate and getting it to the is, middle of the plate. Is his box like six? Yeah, two, two, no, two. there's one. There's oh, one. just one? Yeah, there's oh. just across the plate. <laughs> just one location? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and it, there, he just doesn't appear to have any fastball command within the zone. Well, and what was interesting last night, I don't know if you guys heard this during the broadcast, but Ricky Horton and Brad Thompson 
picked up on this as well. They kind of explained that in Matt's delivery, it suggests that he's kind of blatantly tipping on the changeup. And Ricky Horton says, if I can see it, the hitters can see it too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also pretty concerning as well. And it's especially concerning because the Cardinals do have a pitching coach and an assistant pitching coach, and they do have a manager, and they do have a couple of catchers, and you do have broadcasters that are recognizing this. If you have that, and Ricky was a minor league pitching coach, Brad Thompson knows pitching. He's yes. tipped a lot of pitches in his career. So <laughs> he tells the story himself about how Dave Duncan came out to the mound laughing. He told it a couple nights ago. And Thompson just got lit up in Arizona. He said, what are you laughing about? And Duncan said, well, anybody can hit you if you're tipping pitches. Really? So, yeah, tipping pitches is not a good thing in general. So, Stephen Matz is not a positive outing. Four innings, 11 hits, six runs all earned. He walked two, struck out two, and allowed a home run. And... After the game, Ali Marmal, the Cardinal skipper, was asked about this particular performance. This is probably the most strikes he's thrown with all his pitches, and uh, they got hit. Um, so not uh, not the outing that uh, obviously he wanted or we needed. That's what we're talking about, right? Throw strikes, but it's right down the middle. And what's going to happen? If, if you aren't spotting the ball low and away, up and in, if you're throwing it right down the middle, you're going to get hit. It, it just feels like it's no, it, it's so incons- inconsistent. It's not anything, there aren't any variations in the pitches. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's, if it's, if it looks like the same thing and you can figure it out before it gets there, you're going to hit it. And especially if it's in the zone, I, I don't know what you do. If you, you go say back you to threw, the Tor- go back to the Toronto tape. Go go watch the video of what happened and how he succeeded in Randy, Toronto. I think he's gotten. He, I think he's getting to the point now where it's all. It's more so in his head than in his body. Like he's getting to the point where you saw last time his last start. You knew Libertor had been called up. He's a lefty. He's a guy that mm-hmm. is probably going to replace you in the rotation. So maybe you start gripping the ball a little bit tighter. You start thinking about all of the other outside factors, and now you're not locked into the task at hand and. To the tune of 11 hits and six earned runs. Well, I mean, and four of those runs in the first inning. Randy, I hadn't even gotten, I wasn't even it's, sitting down yet. In, I and I was, re, I was, I was getting in the car, turning on the radio, and I saw before I took off, I saw you all's text like, "Oh, here we go." Here we go. Like, what the hell happened? What, what am yeah. I missing? And so, you, you give up the four to start the game off. You aren't even allowing your team to get into the game good. Well, and to your point, too, there's actually a lot of numbers to support that. Matt has struggled in the first inning all season, allowing combined 12 total runs in that first inning in his 10 starts. Also, in general, the Cardinal starters have now allowed a combined total of 34 runs in the first inning of their 51 games. That's a pretty high ERA if That's, you can put the math together on that one. That, that would seem to be an issue of approach, Matthew. The changeups just—it's—it's it's getting him murdered. When he was when he was pitching well in Toronto, and heck, even last year, he was allowing a 200 batting average on changeups. He's allowing a 300 batting average this year on his changeup. That's probably that's, tipping, that's, tipping, and tipping that's his pitch. second most thrown yep. pitch. He's getting murdered on it. So, uh, Skipper, what's what's going wrong with your guy? No, you want him in the zone. You want to get swing and miss in the zone, and you want to get swing and miss out of the zone. Um, Last time he threw some non-competitive pitches and pitch count went up. This time he was in the zone and just got a hit. I have an interesting thought. So his New York career was eh, up and down. His yep. first year was really good. Then nine and eight, two and seven, five and eleven, eleven and ten, zero oh and five. Then goes to Toronto, has a fourteen and seven year, five and three coming here, and then zero oh and six now. Do you think maybe? And and this is from the athlete's perspective. When you are out of the country, like mm-hmm. literally out of the country, you there is less 
family, less friends, less less things you have to concern yourself with in comparison to when you're here. Maybe you got friends, family, you got things you got to take care of. I don't know if that had something to do with it. I don't I don't know if his family was with him when he went to Toronto. They may not have gone. They may have they may have stayed in 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 the states and maybe he could just focus on baseball. I think this is a mental thing in terms of his inability to throw strikes to be in to have the location that he needs to have and he's not dialed in every single start he's worried about outside factors that are impacting him in the game and it could be spiraling downward yeah Mats was asked what went wrong there was a lot of pitches out over the plate um you know looking back at it wasn't attacking guys inside making them uncomfortable um and so I just gave them chances. I mean, there was a lot of weak contact, but it was giving them a chance. Balls up in the zone where they can fight it off and get those base hits is what they were doing to me. So, And then I got myself in some bad counts and I left some pitches fat. So, yeah, um, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I'd say that he's definitely overthinking things a little bit right now, probably pressing a lot more, too, as you mentioned, CD. It, and here's the thing, too, because I, I sent you guys this me- message that I got last night. I also got some messages as well about, well, what about Wayno? What about the rest of the starters? Everything else is not exactly panning out as well. Here's the thing with Steven Matz. We said this yesterday. We've been saying it all week. How long has it been since we've seen him get a win as a Cardinal? People have uh, thought about and started families in that time. <laughs> ten, ten months yeah. since we have seen Stephen Matz get a win as a Cardinal. And the thing with Adam Wainwright, too, I know that he has a high ERA as well, but he has just returned from the injured list. You have to give him a little bit more time like you did the other guys as well. He's had less starts with Stephen Matz. I think that it, it looked like it, he was getting a little bit better, but even his better recently has not been exactly good enough or even a bigger step forward that you've seen as Miles Michaelis has made mm-hmm. too and hopefully tonight he will be able to do well but he doesn't exactly have the best track record at the devil's lair and maybe it is just the devil's lair but at the same time with Steven Matz I do you think that they look at this as the Cardinals is that was like another kind of run for him of okay we'll see how he does and then we got to make a plan for him moving forward with the starting it, rotation it's a large sample size of inefficient and ineffective pitching I would say that, yeah, we've reached a point now where something has to be done with Steven Matz. And we're here to hopefully educate people that don't know as much about baseball or maybe just are really impatient about baseball. The sample sizes between Steven Matz and and Adam Wainwright are like, a, it's like a transatlantic voyage. Adam Wainwright has a stellar body of work since 2006 with the Cardinals. And to judge Adam Wainwright on three starts at the age of 41 now is preposterous. And you know what? Uh, You give me the Adam Wainwright start two nights ago over Stephen Matt seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I mean, (laughs) if you can't recognize the difference between those two starts, that's what we're here for to help hopefully you glean some information about this sport. Yes. Some, somebody from the 314 texted in. Obviously, you need to move Matts to DH or outfield until he gets it straightened out. <laughs> there you go. How difficult is it for Steven Matts to go through a stretch like he's going through where he doesn't have a win this season? Yeah, it's difficult, especially you want to come here and help the team win, you know, um, especially a day like today where bullpen's really been working hard for us and want to go out there and put up quality innings. And so, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's frustrating. You want to contribute to this team. Um, the organization and fans and you know I haven't really been able to do that this year so yeah I'm frustrated it's, uh, it's disappointing but 
you know, I just got to put my best foot forward and just keep moving. And, um, you know, I felt like I was in, in a good spot coming tonight, and I got to try to build off those things and address the things that didn't go out tonight. So, And at the end of the day, the check cleared. <laughs> and, and, and guess what the big Randy. concern level, too? The future as well. well. Yeah, two more the years future. 11 per. Here's the thing. I can, I can, I see it now because I've seen it the last couple of starts for him. It's 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 going to be a struggle for him going forward if he doesn't figure it out. If he doesn't get a win, if he doesn't have a good outing with a win, like you can have a good outing and and not get the win by your name, you, the team could win. But if you don't get the win by your name, it's just going to continue to spiral because he's got a young man that's throwing 98 and keeping hitters off mm-hmm. balance, changing it up, throwing it, throwing it 78. That young man is hungry, and he wants to be a starting pitcher for the Cardinals. And here you are, same position, really about the same size, same left. You're both left-handed. You both, if you were standing next to each other, you wouldn't. You would think that they are the same person. You could possibly think that. So if you have a young man that is coming to take your spot, the pressure is building up in him, and he's becoming more frustrated with his play. Meanwhile, Matt's wasn't the only news in the Cardinals' 10-3 loss. And by the way, they did get a couple of home runs. Congratulations to uh, Donnie Baseball. He hit one out of the ballpark, uh, fourth inning home run. And the Cardinals also got a uh, home run last night from Newt. So the uh, the Nighty Neuters are happy about that. Uh, we did have a saga yesterday. Matthew mm. Libertor, starting, relief, starting, relief, starting pitcher. Uh, 402 STL Cards. Manager Ali Marmol said that left-handed pitcher Matthew Libertor will be available in relief tonight because of the shortage of relievers available following Monday's 10-inning loss. Marmol said the team can't afford overexposing the bullpen just so Libertor can start in Cleveland. 338. That was Tuesday at 402. 338 yesterday. Cardinals manager Ali Marmol said left-handed pitcher Matthew Libertor will start one of the three games this weekend in Cleveland. He said the day will be announced once he lets the three pitchers know which nights they are starting at 8.47 p.m. This is five hours later. Because of further strain put on the bullpen tonight, Cardinals manager Ali Marmol said he and Dusty Blake will reevaluate the starters for this weekend in Cleveland versus the Guardians. The potential need for a long man in the coming days could shift Libertor back to the pen. Yes. Nothing. I was going to let you continue. I was waiting until you got oh. done. I had, oh, okay. it's one yeah. Because we got another one. It yeah. keeps going. <laughs> yeah. It keeps we'll, going. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we aren't done yet. Uh, 939. Left-handed pitcher Matthew Libertor will start for the Cardinals on Friday in Cleveland against the Guardians, manager Ollie Marwell said. So can I give can I give uh can I be the the voice for Ollie, the, the mm-hmm. voice that he won't give yeah. you all here? So basically what happened on Tuesday at at what was it, four oh two? Yeah. They, you know, tonight because of the ten inning loss, he will be available for relief. That that's our that's our plan. Because of the loss, he's going to be in the bullpen. Wednesday, okay, we're going to start him. You know what? We talk to our guys. Matt's is on tonight. <laughs> we're going to start him in Cleveland. Matt's will give us six. We'll be good to go. Eight forty seven. Oh crap, <laughs> guys, <laughs> Libby, you're going to have to be in the bullpen tomorrow because Matt stunk it up today. Unfortunately, he didn't do what we needed him to do. Nine. 39. You know what? I talked to my guys. They're good to go. Libby's going to start in Cleveland. That's essentially what happened. He won't come out and say it, but I talked to my guys. You know, Palante, he's good to go for tonight if if we have some run into some trouble. We're okay in the bullpen after I talked to my guys. Matt's threw us off, though, with that, Mm -hmm. that, that clunker, especially in the first inning. That's essentially what happened. Pro tip for Ollie and the Cardinals. Starting pitchers are generally better when they start games. 
Yeah. So Matthew Libertor, you have him yeah. as yeah. a starter. He's going to be more effective starting for you if he's actually the guy that throws the first pitch of the game. And oh, by the way, Matthew uh, or uh, Stephen Matz's greatest success as a Cardinal, the five games that he spent last year in the bullpen. Other news last night, Matthew Kachuk scores the game winner for the Florida Panthers. Again. With four seconds left. Four seconds left, and the Panthers beat the Canes 4-3. Three overtime, or three winners for Kachuk in the series in Game 1 in quadruple overtime, in Game 2 in overtime, and then last night with four seconds left. He also got the assist on the game winner in Game 3. So Matthew Kachuk having a pretty good series to win it. He's, he's uh, outstanding. He's great. He had a he really great series. Is. Would have been nice to have him here. What? <laughs> Randy, why would you say that? But we did such you know a what? great job this year. He got more money. He's got a house on the beach. His family's staying with him on the beach. And you don't have state taxes. And he's going to the finals anyway. Yeah, there you go. Right? So it worked out well for Matthew Kachuk. Coming up, we've got Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Sick of it here on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! All right, kids. Uh, I have an issue here with mm-hmm. um, the Cardinals uh, just letting Tyler O'Neill sit around and wallow. And mm-hmm. I think Tyler O'Neill needs to go to a place where. He has a better opportunity to succeed. And I know it might offend Cardinal fans at some point when Tyler O'Neill gets back to the level that he experienced when he hit 34 home runs two years ago for them. But I would say that the Cardinals need to send Tyler O'Neill to either the Padres, where he can be reunited with Mike Schilt, and the Padres are bottom third of the league in runs scored at 3.92 per game. Their outfield is really struggling offensively. They're playing Rugned Odor in the outfield a lot. Trent Grisham is hitting right around 200. Tatis is out there. He's fine. But Tyler O'Neill would benefit the Padres, who, oh, by the way, have Matt Carpenter hitting 198 at DH. Or Tyler O'Neill could net a bullpen arm from the Miami Marlins. And obviously, our friend Skip Schumacher knows Tyler O'Neill very well. If the Cardinals have no use for the guy, and by the way, he's been pushed all the way back to complete reset of his rehab. He's been shut down at the moment. But once you get him into a couple of games, his market value is never going to be good again. So move him for a bullpen arm and cut down on all of this discussion about all the culling the herd of the outfield. Let the outfield depth take care of itself without him. Do you need a bullpen arm when you're about to put Libertor or Mats there? Uh, yes. You, you need another one? You, who are you, you, who's, who's leaving? You always have a need for a bullpen arm. Always. Somebody going to be exiled? Uh, yeah, I can I, I can exile a guy. Who are you going <laughs> to exile? I, I think I can I can find somebody to... Not, uh, not Drew Verhagen. No, he's here. Okay, Stratton, Stratton is, is here. here. Yeah. Not Cabrera, not Gallegos, not Helsley, not Hicks. Okay. You're running out of names. Palante? Yeah, I can I can move it. Right. Yeah. I've had JoJo Romero on my team this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, I can make moves. And I don't know, if Matz is on the IL and Libertor is all of a sudden in my rotation... And Matt's, uh, Did Matt's get hurt last night? He may have. Yeah. <laughs> he, he may have. They, they gonna, might discover something that hey, happened What are you going to put him on the IL with? 
Bruised ego. Bruised ego. That's exactly go. what it is. So anyway, I'm just sick of us uh, having to talk about the outfield depth and including Tyler O'Neill, who I, by the way, don't be surprised if he goes somewhere and lights it up. But I just don't think that he's going to succeed here. I think he needs a change of scenery. You know what I'm sick of, Randy? We were talking about this yesterday. I'm sick of seeing recycled coaches. I wish that there were more opportunity for younger coaches to get opportunities in the game. You know, one of the most interesting things that I always hear people say, well, he doesn't have any experience. How the hell do you get experience unless you get hired? Mm -hmm. That's the only way you get experience at that particular job. So I get sick of seeing recycled coaches over and over again in baseball, in, in basketball, in football. You see the same guys getting jobs over and over again, and you you don't allow younger people to grow in the game. I think it does a disservice to those guys. I think that's one of the problems we have with basketball, though, is a guy like Kevin Durant can devour even a Hall of Fame coach like Steve, you know, not a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame coach, but a Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame player, player that's a first-time coach like Steve Nash. And you can't bring in any guy either. I, yeah. I, I don't like Frank Vogel is on the list for the Suns. I don't. I think Durant and Booker would have the propensity to just eat a guy like Vogel alive. I think you need a really strong personality to deal with superstars now. It feels it feels like it's just like a fraternity. Like once you get oh, in, it like is. it's it's like a protection. Mm, Especially yeah. mm-hmm. you see it even more so in the NFL. You're like, really? Well, still what, continuing getting jobs here, huh? For a long time in the NFL, and it hasn't been as prevalent now. But for a long time in the NFL, the guys who won Super Bowls generally were on their second job. Yes. Yeah. That's true. All right. What do you well, think, Brooke? I am sick of all this back and forth, and I know that we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think we need to go back to it. I'm sick of all the back and forth with Matthew Libertor because as you laid out earlier, it was a very long timeline. And look, I I mentioned it yesterday. I appreciate the transparency from Ali Marmol. It's something that we haven't been used to, I feel like, in recent years with with a manager. But some things we don't exactly need to know. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Some things can be kept behind closed doors, right? The media and also the fans don't have to be let in on all of your kind of secrets and what you're going through. Because even with the timeline last night, I, I texted with John Denton just for clarification because it was very confusing to see the tweet that he's going to be in the pen and then all of a sudden he's starting on Friday so I I texted John Denton about that last night I'm like well uh, what happened there and they needed more time to kind of figure out to make sure they had somebody to go after uh, Miles Michaelis today and so now Matthew Libertor will be getting that start on Friday can you imagine too how that is confusing for the players? And oh. and look, if it was if this was the first instance of that this season, then it's it's whatever, right? How many times this season have we had very confused, mixed, unclear messages where it felt like communication wasn't clear to us? There's no way it's going to be clear in the clubhouse and amongst the players yeah. as well too. Let's have a plan. Let's have a plan and and carry out a plan. How about I you, like Kerry Davis idea. and Hazelwood Central Hawks don't have that many you, uh, situations where... <laughs> you get a plan and you execute that plan. If it yeah. doesn't work, you know, then you can go back to yeah. the drawing board yeah. and, and try to do something yeah. better. But have yep. a plan, yep. execute it, and stick with it. Well, and I feel like Libby has <laughs> has done enough, right? He's, he's yeah. done a lot to show you and prove to you that he deserves a shot at this. And look, the thing is, is you might be messing around with him now, but you... The future of this starting rotation is starting to become even more and more of a concern because you have Miles Michaelis locked up for mm-hmm. next season. You have Steven Matz as well. But Great. right now, you only feel comfortable about Miles Michaelis, right? Yeah. You've got Libby. You've got Graceffo. You've got McCreevy. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Okay.
I'm, I'm I will stop worried about it. That'll be great. They'll sign a great free agent starter because they always do. I mean, the Cardinals. They do. Look at yeah. the history of free agency. Why would you question it? <laughs> uh, what are you sick of, Matthew? What do you got on the old text line over there? Wait a second. I'm sick of Roger Goodell and his rule changes in football, ruining kickoffs and scheduling. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> uh, I will tell you this: the kickoff, until you have ran down on a on a four man wedge, and they're locked arms and they're 330 pounds, and your coach tells you, split them, mm-hmm. <laughs> get between the two of them, I'd, I'd leave that one alone. I'd I'm like okay to see with him, that. I'd like to see him implement the XFL rules. I think the XFL rules for the kickoff are cool. I don't really like that. Really? It's so it's too it's too drastic. I, it's too different of a change. Then you know what they should, they should do in the NFL? Just forget kickoffs and start <laughs> at the 25. Nah, I don't like that either. I, I'm fine with what it is now. You're not going to see... It's Returns. just, those, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those hits were vicious. Mm-hmm. You can Google some of those wedge blocks. Well, that's why the NFL became popular. Yeah. Just knocking people out. Yeah. That's why, the XFL, that's why the XFL rules make sense because you eliminate <laughs> the, the, the buildup. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick of the Cardinals players. I'm, I'm sick of the Cardinals playing players because they paid them and feel obligated. Play the better player. Matt's the starting pitcher version of Brett Cecil. Uh, I know you're sick of it, but. Uh, Get used to it because it ain't changing. Get used to it. That ain't just the Cardinals. Yeah, that's not just the Cardinals. That's any professional team. Yes. You pay them, you play them. Right. (laughs) You figure it out. Yeah. The contract plays. Credit to the Cardinals a few years ago when they sat Marp down the stretch, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. So they they can do it. We know they can. They have it in their heart. (laughs) Yes. Let's get one more, Matthew. Okay, this is this is ridiculous. Sick of it. Sick of what MLB now counts as a quality start. When the stat first counted, a quality start was pitching at least seven innings and giving up less than three runs. Pitching at least six innings and giving up no more than three runs is not a quality start. That's just doing your job. Hmm. Back in my day. Back in my day. That was the most get off your lawn. I can I can, I can actually appreciate that. I can too. We we were actually talking about really? this a little bit. They yeah. were right. in the post game show last night. They said they were discussing Alexa Dat and Jim Edmonds that starters are just not going deep enough into games anymore. The Cardinals are actually twelfth in baseball in innings per start. This is kind of a league wide issue. I don't know if you can say issue or it's just more of the the direction that things are going. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, it's a product of analytics and also the science that they believe in baseball that if a guy throws 100 or fewer pitchers, he's less likely to get hurt. Doesn't seem to fit, doesn't seem to work, but somebody <laughs> believes it. By the way, the quality, <laughs> the quality start stat, uh, since it was invented by John Lowe of the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1985, has always been six innings and three runs. I don't know where you got the seven and three, but uh, according to the always reliable Wikipedia, you never question Wikipedia. When a pitcher completes at least six innings and no more than three earned runs, that's been a quality start since it was developed in 1985. And, oh, by the way, nothing wrong with uh, a quality start because quality starts, teams that get them win 73% of the time. I, the Cardinals would love would love that. You get a quality start every yes. time. Wouldn't it be nice to have play, be play, playing 730 ball? You know, the, the, the bullpen would thank you as well. Oh yes, God. they would. <laughs> no doubt about it. Thanks for your text. We do appreciate them. Coming up, Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, talking a little ball on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. 
Straw's the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy Carricker, the opening drive, 101 ESPN, MLB Network's lead anchor, Greg Amzinger, is from St. Louis. He went to the Lindenwood University. He is uh, the most talented television broadcaster in the business right now, and he joins us now, as he does every Thursday here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Greg. What are you thinking? Wow. The the most talented? I do a segment on our show. I do a segment on our show called Greg's List, where I kind of rank things. I don't know if I make the list. I can come up with nine probably off the top of my head. I, I, I'm not making that Greg's list. Uh, I do attempt to. This is the day after my birthday. The day after. Oh, oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. You know? 44. So, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I've, I've taken a different approach to birthdays. I ask off work every year for my birthday, mm-hmm. and I let everyone know that it's my birthday. And I, I remind everyone that it's my birthday week, including including my family members. It's exhausting for my wife and my kids. <laughs> it's not just one day. It is an entire week. And I, I, I invite everyone to do the same thing. Why limit your birthday to one day? Make it a birthday week. Think it's about what your mother it's, it's Gregapalooza, right? <laughs> Gregapalooza. Right. Just, but for real, real quick, we'll talk sports in a second. <laughs> think, think about what your mother went through, right? What your mother had mm-hmm. to That was a big week. Yeah. for your mom like awful leading up to it and then afterwards what a celebration there you are you're an infant so i think the least we can do is celebrate ourselves for a week so i'm like smack dab in the middle of it uh <laughs> greg week it's greg week it's, I, I like greg week i like greg at palooza and i have to believe let me do i'm not going to guess i'm just going to assume tell us what you did on your birthday greg <laughs> well again i didn't have to work randy mm-hmm, i know so i uh I showed up, uh, woke up at 7 a.m. in the morning. There's only one thing that I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning to do. Well, wait, that's not true. Two things, your show and and golf. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the two things I'll wake up at 7 o'clock for. And played golf, had an all-star cast, had my agent, Dan Plesak, Cliff Floyd. Problem was, when I showed up, it was 70 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, no wind. Those are terrible conditions, okay? That means there's no, there, there's no built-in excuse to play poorly. So I played poorly because I didn't, you know, I need to know that I can blame something if I play poorly. Uh, but there was nothing to blame. It was a perfect day, and I didn't even break 90. I was too distracted. I was too, it was Greg Week. It's, it's Greg, Greg week. week. By the way, just quickly, is your agent the other 6'5 left-hander along with Floyd and Plesak? <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Okay. I'm okay. the smallest man in the group. Three lefties and my, my tiny agent. Okay. Who actually is a pretty good golfer, but yeah, he's not very big. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo. So, uh, Greg, Trout hits 362. He passes DiMaggio. Uh, Trout better than DiMaggio. Give me something on that. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> Look, man, he is an unbelievable talent. What his his memory is the weirdest thing ever. He remembers every World Series game in the innings. He set up like there was one at second and third, and on a three-two pitch, he hits one into the gap. And there was a fan in the second row who spilled his drink. I think he was drinking a Bush Light. Like he just remembers everything. It's incredible. But you're in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame, and he still doesn't know how to ask a question. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. That's amazing. Well, Greg, I guess we'll get into hold some. On, hold on, is oh, it better it... than DiMaggio? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, is Trout? Are you really asking me that question? Yeah. Is better than Fazio? Yeah. Um, yes, I think. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I mean, Joe DiMaggio faced the same pitcher who was throwing seventy-four miles an hour four times a game. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, no, I don't, dis- I don't disagree. I just I was asking the question. I don't disagree at all. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Mike Trout's better. Sorry, Joe D, but you know. <laughs> Mike Trout's better. You got him Joe, in the Maryland Joe, non-row category. Joe D yeah, had a cuter cool. wife. Yeah. <laughs> get Randy, we're both saying the same thing at the same time. <laughs> that limited education, man. That limited education. Oh, my goodness. I, there, there's, a, there's a lot to take away from that. I guess we'll dive a little bit into some more baseball. Greg, sadly, the Cardinals not celebrating Greg Apalooza last night with a, with a loss. Steven Matz, I think we're past the point of kind of a sample size with him. What do the Cardinals do, you believe, moving forward? I mean, he's gone almost now 11 months without a win as a Cardinal. Yeah, ERA over six. And and his stuff doesn't look, and I'm looking, not a pitching guru, but I've been doing this job for such a long time. You see the free and easy pitchers that are out there who trust what's coming out of their hand. And it almost looks like he's guiding everything. He's a guiding. He's wishing it to home plate. And it, it, I've talked to Dan Plesak about it. His body language isn't good. Uh, he doesn't look like a competent person on the mound. Um, you know, this is one of those things where uh, it, it might be time to make up an injury. And teams do this all the time. I mean, they do it all the time. Uh, guys struggling, and like you know, he's got calf tightness. Let's just put him on the shelf and let's let, let's give him time to like mentally decompress. Right, rest your body, feel 100%. Let us know when you're ready to come back and give it a go again. And the Cardinals are contractually connected to this guy for years. So it's not like they can just move on. Uh, they need to get him going in the right direction. It might be time to just shelf him for a second and see if he can regroup because uh, the future is going to have Stephen Matz in it. You can't DFA Stephen Matz with all that money connected to him. Greg, I asked you at the beginning of the season what would keep the Cardinals from having a successful year. And right now it's looking like the pitching. You see Stephen Matz, Jordan Montgomery has lost six of his last eight. Uh, what is there something that they can do? Do they need to go out and get someone or they just need to look in-house and just play better? You know, the problem is, uh, you know, the Detroit Tigers are a couple games out of first place in the AL Central. <laughs> Everybody has a shot. If you look up and down the standings, no one wants to wave the white flag and trade pieces yet. So what do the Cardinals do in the meantime? They have to outslug the opponent. That's what they have to do. The, the Wainwright game against the Reds, where there was 8-5, to five, you know, like that's how they have to win games. 
And that's what we thought they were going to do when the season started. That's why I believe they were going to win over 90 games, go to the World Series, because they would eventually acquire the starting pitching that was necessary at the trade deadline. They have to out-slug until the trade deadline. And at least until a few of these teams are clearly sellers. You're not going to get the answer from the Oakland A's. That's not going to happen. They have to get 10 wins for a reason. You're not getting, you know, James Caprillion is showing up and winning you 20 games for the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals. So the Cardinals have to really just, you know, hunker down and hopefully their bats stay hot. And if they can do that, I, you know, Dan Plesak said something to me the other day on the air. He's like, do you still believe in the Cardinals? He goes, yeah. I think the National League is weak. I think it's the weakest National League I've seen in the MLB Network era since 2009. I really truly believe that. Hmm. And I still believe the Cardinals can win 90 games. And he goes, but they'd have to be, they'd have to finish the year 25 games over 500, whatever it was at the time. You really think they can finish 25 games over 500? I start naming teams in the National League. I'm like, these teams are not good. I just start rolling through them. Even the Padres are like a bad soap opera right now with actors that just look disgruntled with their diminished role. Like, it's just not good. So I think the Cardinals have a legitimate shot still with the pitching being as thin as it is to outslug their way to the trade deadline to acquire the arms necessary to give it a go in through October. Okay, Greg, I, I'm going to touch. Let me give you a couple of combos, and you've actually brought these up, but more likely for the Cardinals to acquire, and Cleveland obviously is a really competitive team this year, and uh, if we were to guess right now, they're 21 and 28, so they're not super competitive, but they, Tito Francona always seems to have them in the hunt at the end. But Give me a choice, or give me most available, between Bieber and Plesak of Cleveland and Giolito and Lynn of the White Sox. Cardinals are going to go out and get two starters from one team. I think I think Giolito and Lynn are, I think the White Sox are about to detonate. If there's a team that's going to actually just start just moving players, it's the White Sox. The Guardians are tricky because they are they're built on pitching. And you can you can make the case Tristan McKenzie has become the most talented guy, uh, but he's about to come back off the IL and Savali. They've got a ton of pitching depth. Plesac down in the minor leagues to me is intriguing. Great athlete, best pickoff move from a right-handed pitcher in the game. Um, I would like to see. I mean, obviously, I think Peter Plesac is probably better at their stages of their career than Giolito, even though I think Giolito sells a lot left in the tank, and Lance Lynn, although his last couple have been pretty good. Uh, But I think those two guys are an easier acquisition and may not be as much because of contract details as what you're going to have to shell out for Bieber and uh, Plesak. Now, I I mentioned the Tigers for a reason. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching like a Cy Young contender right now. And if the Tigers, who I think will inevitably fade, there's no way this team is going to be able to win the Central. That's the weakest division right now in all of baseball. He's going to become, the way he's throwing the ball right now, he's the number one piece that anybody that wants a pitcher is going to want to acquire. He can opt out at season's end. He's got a lot to pitch for. I really think Eduardo Rodriguez would be number one on the list of possible arms. Bieber, his velocity is down, and there's just everything he throws is a slider. He's, he's, it's all breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. It works. He's not very efficient anymore. It doesn't go super deep into games, uh, but obviously still an immense talent. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who decides to detonate? Those three teams immediately pop to the front of my mind. But the Royals, oh, there's nothing there. The, the Oakland A's, there's nothing there. If the Marlins fade, they've got a couple arms. 
They've got a couple, but it's, it's a waiting game right now for the Cardinals. That's what they got to play. Greg, Tyler O'Neill is a player that we all had really high hopes for, barring injury, but for some reason he just can't stay off of, off of the injured list. What do you think the future is for him here with the Cardinals? Yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be much of a future in St. Louis. Uh, a talented guy, no question about it. Uh, I'm hoping that the whole Ali Marmol, he's not running so hard enough for us, uh, doesn't brand him. Uh, because I think when everything is aligned for Tyler O'Neill, he's a rare talent. Uh, he, he can run the bases, gold glove. Uh, he's got obvious power for days. Uh, I brought this up the other day. I mean, maybe the Cardinals should just like ask for a do-over, and I think the, the Mariners <laughs> would do the same thing. Yeah. Like Marco Gonzalez has a ERA over six. Tyler O'Neill isn't playing all that much. The Mariners need some sock in the middle of their lineup to go along with Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez is barely hitting 200. And the Cardinals, hey, why not? Hey, Marco, can you get anybody out for us? Uh, why not revisit the trade? Let's just do it over. Bring bring the guys back. I love the this idea. Team. Yeah, why not, right? I'll call I'll call John Mozella. You're, you're brilliant. <laughs> hey, Greg, last thing on this, Greg, week one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greg. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. We do the cha-cha-cha. I really appreciate that. That is so nice. I can't get enough of it, and I have no shame. <laughs> okay, I have no shame all week long. I will ask for it all week long. Greg Palooza, you're the best. Love you, brother. Have a great day. Are you going to play golf again today? Of course. Absolutely. What else am I supposed to do, right? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. See you later. See you guys. Bye. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. As we roll on, we've got Take It or Leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That number is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. You can take it if you don't. Send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. It is time for Teoli on 101 ESPN. Brooke. Carrie, Matthew, and Randy. And guys, I got a tough one for you, and it, it might require a little bit of thought. But yesterday, the great Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83. She came to St. Louis as a 16-year-old and developed her musical chops here in St. Louis. She, uh, she went to school. She graduated from Sumner here in St. Louis and really started her career here in St. Louis. So take it or leave it. She, and this includes people like Chuck Berry and Michael McDonald, she, Tina Turner, is the greatest musical product of our town. I'm, I will take that. I'm, I'm taking it too. Yeah. Scott Joplin. I mean, there's yeah. been a lot. There's been a lot. But uh, yeah. she's, I, I think she's top of the list. I agree. I, I, here's the thing though, is I saw this a lot yesterday too. Tennessee is also taking claim to her as they well. Should. She Being was born in the there, Mount right? Rushmore as yeah. well. I've seen some people talking about that as well, is that she's 
kind of a Tennessee legend too. So if you if you change it to Tennessee and St. Louis legend, I'll take that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can do that. So yeah, and that's why I pointed out she moved here when she was yeah. a, a teenager, but she really her career started yes. here in St. Louis. And there we have a great history of musicians in town, but it's hard to imagine that there's somebody at the very least she's as Tony would say tied for first. I agree. So, Randy, this one pains and me a little bit. Metro Boomin is. Metro Boomin is. And Nelly. Doing and pretty well. Yeah, and Nelly too, yeah. And, and great. Uh, <laughs> this one pains me a little bit, but I, I think it's going to be true. Take it or leave it, with all the additions and Lamar staying healthy, the Baltimore Ravens are in the AFC Championship game next year. I'm going to take that. <sighs> it, I, If he stays healthy and they play football the way in which I know they can and he can, I don't see anybody. It's going to be a tough challenge to beat them week in and week out. Yeah. I'm going to have to take that, too. Yeah, They they were tough to beat even without. They were a playoff team without him. Yes. (laughs) And and throwing more, and he's going to run less. He's going to put himself in danger less. Yes. Receivers running correct routes. Guys being, you know, in open spaces and not being stacked on top of one another. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be probably his best season yet. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah. All right, take it or leave it, guys. Going to stick with NFL as well, too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of discussed contract situations yesterday because he's starting to kind of get past with some of these bigger deals that we're seeing. And as you mentioned with Lamar Jackson as well, he says he's not worried about it. Take it or leave it, he's not worried about it because he knows it's only going to benefit him in the future. Take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Take it. He might be the seventh highest paid quarterback right now. But who else has the the State Farm ads, right? Nah. His, he, Whataburgers, too. Yeah, he, he's all over the place. I yeah. mean, he's making so much endorsement money. And he's really taking a page out of the Tom Brady book. It benefits him to take less money and win championships and have his team be able to afford having good players around. And uh, I give him a ton of credit. He's self-aware enough to... He, he said he's got... More money than he'll ever be able to spend. He's got $450 million coming his way. So he's doing all right. I cannot believe we got this text. Take it or leave it. Tina Turner is not better than Nelly. Leave it every yeah, day we'll, and twice we'll on Sunday. Are you kidding? I love Nelly. But I mean, one one of these people is known as like the queen of a genre. Yeah, and the yeah. other one is... You know, a solid person in his genre. I'm just sorry. A That's just a fact. He is. Jelly's a very solid rapper, that. but he's not. He's not top echelon. Ninety nine to 03, Nelly had an argument he for did. top yeah. rapper in, yeah. in, in in the game. But she's got four decades. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's yeah. a difference. Yeah, yeah it's a difference. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, take it or leave it. When it comes to Stephen Mass, it's just time to leave it. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh take man, it. I, I poor I fella. You know, yeah. Here's the thing. He's trying, but it doesn't matter. You, you 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 can try as hard as you want to. If you're not executing and getting it done, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well for you, and you're not going to continue to be able to play. I told you, when guys don't perform well, you generally lose your job or lose your position, and that's just the nature of sports. It is what it is. It's not personal. You can be a great guy, but if you aren't performing well, you're 0-6 this season, 5.72 ERA, haven't won a game in 10 months as a Cardinal, who, who, who are you mad at at that point? And Kerry, you, I think it was just yesterday we mentioned guys performing well with a hangover. Maybe. <laughs> just throw a few back. He, he won't be guiding it. Yeah. Say the hell with it. <laughs> hey, in 2023, we're opening our minds to all kinds of things. Go full Doc Ellis.
Oh, oh, don't go, yeah. Doc no. Ellis. Don't go. <laughs> no <laughs> one should. That's Microdosing. It's a very healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no hitter on LSD. I don't no, know. No. That's yeah. where we want to go we with were, The 70s were I wanted to try things. Time. I'm just saying. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I thought yeah. the 80s was wild. 80s was pretty <laughs> wild. We used to ride around with no seatbelts and, you know. Right. Five years old in the front seat. Yeah, it's <laughs> just right. normal. Yeah, right. But here we yeah. are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> the difference between hallucinogens and uppers, Carrie. Yeah, oh, That's yeah, the 70s yeah. and the 80s, baby. Yeah. Take it or leave it. The show really needs to lean into the Yoho bit. Have a walk the plank segment. Brooks' new catchphrase is Ahoy, mateys. Randy starts wearing an eye patch. <laughs> Yo, I'll, I'll take it. I like I'll it. Yep, it. Let's do it. I don't even know if I can do the. I can't do a good pirate. Come on, impression. try it, Brooke. Brooke is you're you're just fine with the Southern Belle. You're good. Yeah. Can I get, can, can, can I get one like attempt at Ahoy Mateys? Ahoy Mateys. Like, <laughs> come on. What? Lean into it a little bit. Ahoy Mateys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> take it or leave. If you can pull Contreras from catcher, you can definitely pull Matt from the rotation. Oh, I can yeah, take that. Yeah. I can take that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did keep Contreras in the lineup, but he wasn't doing the job you hired him to do. Uh, Steven Metz isn't doing the job you hired him to do either. If we look back, you want to know something amazing. The reason that Max Scherzer got $43 million a year from the Mets is because their owner, Steve Cohen, went bananas because he thought that Steven Matz was going to sign there. Mm-hmm. And Matz commits to the Cardinals instead. And all of a sudden... Steve Cohen is saying, fine, I'll kill a fly with a sledgehammer. I'll give this guy $43 million a year. And he did. That's why Scherzer got the contract he did, because Matz signed with the Cardinals. Take it or leave it. Tink Hentz, Gordon Graceffo, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill for Shane Bieber. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. For a year of Shane Bieber. That's a lot of people. I mean, Tink Hentz is like... He, he's like exploded in the minds of the Cardinals uh, over the last you know few months. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, and Graceffo, that's essentially that's potentially two of your starting five. You know, like three years mm-hmm. from now, right? there's no way you make that move for no. Shane Bieber. Who, who, right what now. were the other names in there? And you Dylan Carlson, and, Carlson. And, Dale, and you're and giving Tyler away both O'Neal. Carlson and O'Neill. Okay, so do you guys do that for the last two months of Shohei Otani under no. contract? Tyler O'Neill. Tink Dylan Carlson, Gordon Graceffo, and Dylan Carlson. Just, just in months? case for, for you can months, re-sign them? For two months of... T- uh, uh, no. Of, no? Uh, you going to re-sign them? No. Oh, no. No. Okay. Two it's months? Two. Are you... Th- with this team right now? Yeah. Are they going to win a World <laughs> Series? Number one starter, number three hitter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he hit a home run last night again. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty I good. think that's two months feels like yeah. not enough. And maybe if you win a World Series, maybe he'll stay. <laughs> Randy's face right take now. It or leave just, it. Take, take it or leave it. I'm going to have to leave that. There's no way. Well, and if Shohei's here, I want him to be here, not just for well, two no. months. And I It'd think. It'd be like the Cardinals have, or the Blues have Gretzky for two months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you got to give up wait, a lot. No, wait, yeah, you do. And how did yeah. that work out? How for did them? that work Not out? Great. Okay. Well, well, it was fun. <laughs> we sold a lot of jerseys. We sold fun. a lot of jerseys, haven't we? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, let's do one more. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals are afraid to trade prospects because of what happened with Randy and San Diego. I'm going to have to leave that. Subsequent to trading Randy Rosarena and uh, and. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, it seems as if they've traded a lot of prospects to get Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Seems like uh, they've they've been willing to give up young players since then. Hmm. So Intriguing. they got to do a better job, obviously, of identifying the guys. Now, one thing with Randy A., and we need to reiterate this again and again, and Kevin Eibach, the director of personnel for the 
Rays was on with us when Randy A was going crazy during the playoffs in 2020. He said, we liked him from the time that he defected from Cuba to Mexico. We saw him in Mexico and we wanted him. We were upset when the Cardinals got him. They always had their eye on a Rosarena and there was no other player that they were after from the Cardinals. It was only Randy A. He, he, he was their Vontae Mack. Mm. And and we we I feel like we're we've given up on that trade already. Like Libertor yeah. is still he's twenty three years old, and he's yeah, right. he's he performed pretty well in his last outing. Right. And if he does it again this week, uh, I think we'll be against the the, the Guardians. Could it be hard to win that trade? But you at least so? they can make it look representative. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Matthew Libertor can be a really 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 good pitcher for them. I do too. I agree with so. that. I think it, it just is what it is at this point cuz and we've touched on it too in the past like with Randy A it felt like you know people didn't exactly want him here at that moment. You had that base running mistake that he made too. Then mm-hmm. you had the video thing. So people weren't even that focused on him when that trade happened. It was mm-hmm. more um what was his name? Uh, Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez. Oh, Jose yes. Martinez, yeah. yes. Yeah. They were more upset about that. Right. And it's just, it kind of is one of those things that will always haunt you because of how talented it is, but it just wasn't meant no. to be for the Cardinals. And you look since then, Cardinals gave up Lane Thomas to get John Lester. Yeah. He's, he's been all right. Last year, they gave up a pretty good, pretty talented young pitcher in Johan Oviedo in, in knowing that they would only have Quintana for a month, and Oviedo has actually performed pretty well. He had an immaculate inning for the Pirates yesterday. He did. He did. Yes. So Oviedo's done some good things and has some talent. So I, I don't think that the Cardinals are afeard of trading young talent to get more established guys to try to win. And by the way, for those that are out there that say, oh, Bill DeWitt doesn't want to win. If Bill DeWitt doesn't want to win, why do you trade Johan Oviedo for... Uh, for uh, Carl, uh, Jose Quintana. Why would why would you mm. do that? Why would why would you not have Elaharis Montero playing third rather than Arnado? Why would you not have Patrick Wisdom playing first rather than Paul Goldschmidt? Why why would you not have Andrew Kisner behind the plate rather than Wilson Contreras? Why would you not have Austin Gomber starting rather than Steven Matz? They might be better options as it turns out. But if if you don't want to win, then why are you spending money? Right. My question. Ah, very good question. Thank you. Uh, that is, let's take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Cardinals lost last night 10 to 3. Steven Matz was not good, but there were a couple of positives. We're going to uh, tell you what they were. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything Next on that's wonderful is what I feel when we're t- You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The opening drive with Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and even though the Cardinals lost 10-3 last night to the Reds, and they can only split this series against, I think, what we could call a hapless team. Uh, well, we, we say that, but the Reds are only a game behind the Cardinals <laughs> in the standings. So, you know, it's, it's a, I guess, whose ox is being gored at the time. But there were some good things that happened last night's game. Lars Newt Bar goes two for four with a couple of RBIs. Guys, 
all of a sudden you look up and Lars Ubar has an on base of 390 and a slugger of 404, and he looks for all the world like a legit leadoff hitter. And uh, the nutty neuters are just going crazy right now because he they gets are. on base all the time. Yes, it's it's a great time for the nutty neuters of Newt Nation, and we always call it an assembly whenever Lars Newbar is doing well, and and things have been going well for Lars Newbar as of late. Yeah, and uh, Donnie Baseball hits a home run. He's hitting 252, but his on base is 337. He needs to get the slug going a little bit. He's not where he was last year as a slugger, but he's doing well. And then Alec Burleson. It was good to see Burleson get another hit. He needs to bounce back because he had a stretch there where he was really solid, but for his own well-being in terms of staying in the majors, and for him, hopefully staying in the lineup, he needs to bounce back a little bit. Yeah, I think his time is is coming up here shortly. You got uh, Dylan Carlson on the mend. He'll be back soon. And then we don't know about Tyler O'Neill. We don't know when. He hasn't started his rehab stint he, yet. He's back to ground zero now. Yeah, they shut he, him down. He, he, so we're, we're still a ways away with him. But I think Alec Burleson, if he's not going to produce at the plate, his time is going to start to become much more limited. I think it's interesting, too, because I saw a lot of people on social media as well just wondering why Alec Burleson is still here. There is something that they do see with him, because I think that that was even a name that we said Mm -hmm. that we were kind of surprised made the opening day roster, too. Don't you remember that? We were like, like, oh, really? Yeah. Over Juan Yepes. Yes. And but it was something in particular that Ali Marmol and the front office sees with him. But it, it does feel like nothing kind of meh with him with him there too also just wanted to point out as well not looking for a negative with oscar mercado but him last night in the app field was not exactly the best at no points. that was not good at all yes but mm, it happens it does so and it was a 10-3 loss so hopefully he'll he's a good defensive player so i i don't have any problems with him what i do have issues with is the lack of ability of the Cardinals back of the rotation guys. All I ask from the back of the rotation guys is to give me innings. And when Steven Matz only gives me 12 outs, that's unacceptable. I don't expect Steven Matz to give me seven. I would like Steven Matz to get me into the sixth on a regular basis. But four innings from your starting pitcher at this level, especially a starting pitcher with his pedigree, he's been around for eight years, is wholly unacceptable. And the Cardinals have to do something about Steven Matz. They have to do something to try to fix him. And maybe what they do is put him on the IL with the, uh, did Greg say uh, sore back? How long he had that? About a week back. Oh, no. And <laughs> no. just get him down for a, a, a starting pitcher can do a 30-day rehab stint. Get him down there. And I know you got a lot of starting pitchers down there that you're trying to develop, too. But he doesn't have to rehab completely at Memphis. But just send him down and have him work with somebody other than the major league staff, and maybe the light will go on for him. Well, and earlier we were discussing, too, about how um, Ricky Horton kind of pointed to and they pointed to in the broadcast as well that it's very clear that his delivery suggests that he's tipping on the changeup. and somebody texted in earlier where I, I thought this was interesting too if they can if we can notice this on the broadcast and I know that you pulled up the stats to Rocchio on his changeup too earlier how come they haven't exactly worked on that yet with him if this is an ongoing issue. I double-checked. His uh, curveball is also getting hit uh, 110 um, points better in batting average. Last year, it was around a 256. This year, a 350 set, like 359 batting average on his curveball. He only throws three pi- three pitches right now. I mean, that, that's a 99% of his pitches are three pitches. He throws a slider like 2%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if, if right now two of his three pitches are getting murdered by 100 points better on batting average, 
he's going to be a terrible pitcher. It's just, it just his changeup and his slider are getting nobody. His changeup and his curveball are getting nobody out right now. Don't throw those pitches. That, that, well, then he's left with <laughs> a sinker. <laughs> that's like ninety-two to ninety-four, and that's it. Uh, you better be great at that one. Dude. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cardinals will be back in action as they wrap up the series in Cincinnati this afternoon. It's eleven thirty game miles. Michael is going for the Cardinals against Luke Weaver, and we hear a lot about El Contra. We hear a lot about Zach Gallon. Why does nobody ever complain about Luke Weaver getting traded by the Cardinals? No, uh, because he, ah. I, I honestly, if you, I couldn't differentiate between him and Dakota Hudson in his time here. Hmm. Okay. Well, it was it was Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, and Andrew Young, and I never hear people whining about the Cardinals trading those three. Why is that? If we're if we're going to pick and choose, then why don't we ever complain about that? Well, did they give Luke Weaver a chance in the majors? Really? Yeah, they kind of did. Was it more than twenty three plate appearances? I mean, uh, a couple starts. Yeah. Yeah. He. But you know what? He's. He pitched it here a lot. Yeah. But so did Alcantara. Got an opportunity here too. Come on. <laughs> Randy. Right, Luke Weaver uh, started 40, started 43 games yeah, for see? the Cardinals before they yeah. traded him. Yeah. And with uh, an ERA of uh, 4.79. I, I just, uh, I love the retroactive whining. I enjoy it. Uh, that's Luckily, today's... Paul Goldschmidt has worked out. He's too. been okay. He's been all right. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, people. They they only like the trades that uh, work out. They never like the trades that don't work out. And of it's course. not like the other team's not trying. The other yeah. the, the the Marlins had a choice between Alcantara and Junior Fernandez, and they took Alcantara. They made the right move. Uh, the Bird Watch is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. All right, we always like to provide you our Bird Watch. Let's get things started. And kids, let's take a look at the superstars over the last seven days. Paul Goldschmidt hitting 182. He does have have those two homers a couple of days ago. That you predicted. Yep. Four for 22 over the last seven days. And Nolan Arenado, seven for 26 with one home run. He's only hitting 269. Goes back to how those guys are the heartbeat of the team. If Arenado and Goldie are hitting, the team is excellent. If they are not hitting, the team is not. And if they're mediocre, the team is mediocre. If you want to know how the Cardinals are doing, just look at how Arenado and Goldie are doing and you got it figured out. I I think that that definitely is a a big part of it. You have your two superstars. I said time and time again, when your stars are being stars, you're generally going to win games. When they aren't, you're going to struggle. And I mean, that proved last season down the stretch, Paul Goldschmidt went cold and they yeah. struggled down the stretch of the season before they got into the playoffs. It's the same thing now. They're going to struggle if their stars aren't hitting. I think Nolan Gorman is working his way into that realm of being the stars with them. And so, you know, when you got those two to three guys performing well, you can expect to win. And there's yeah. one other, by the way, if you want to take and you mentioned Gorman moving into that realm. But if we take a look at Wilson Contreras, who has obviously after the the his was the kerfuffle or the his was the we've we've decided that's the kerfuffle yeah, now. Contreras is the kerfuffle. Uh, O'Neal Tyler was, knows a hollabaloo. Okay, got it. Yeah, uh, Contreras hitting one hundred and three. He is three for his last thirty in the last week. So that makes a difference too. 
By the way, Nolan Gorman extended his hitting streak to 15 games, too, last night. Good for him. Congratulations. He's yep. He is. He's got it going. Get the people oh, going. we need a bird sound. That's what we need. Oh, there we there go. go. It just took a minute for the for the bird <laughs> the to, fly in. to fly in. I, I thought this was really interesting because we we've discussed a lot about the offense and how you know this team, especially offensively, is just built to mash. And just seeing the numbers, especially after last night. So you had the Donovan home run, you had the Lars Newbar home run as well. Those two home runs last night increased the Cardinals' total for the month of May to forty home runs. They're pretty good. Forty, That's just five less than the franchise record set for the month in 2000. Wow. It's interesting, right? It is. I think it's very telling, too, of just what this kind of... It, it goes back to we discussed Jordan Walker and what they're wanting to see with him. It, I think it's very telling what they want from this offense. Yeah. In 2000, Big Mac was still here, right? He was not as great as he had been in 98-99, but he was still pretty good. Edmonds was at the top of his game, though. Um, you didn't have Scott Rowling. I'm trying to think of who are the other in, in 2000. Uh, who who else might have been hitting home runs for the Cardinals? I suppose I could look it up, but I, I don't want to. I, I want it to be a fight question. Oh, you want it to be? <laughs> I asked a I, I I asked a question about the 2000 Cardinals uh, and their home run um, hitting uh, like a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Because it absolutely was absolutely prolific. It's the I think it's still the highest home run count that the teams ever had. That's right. Since like the, the, like the 1800s or something so like that. So to your point, though, Brooke, they have six days left in the month, so maybe they'll break that record. Five away from the record? Let's see. They are... Da, da, da. Yeah, five. So on that team, uh, Big Mac only hit 32 in 2000. The other guys that were hitting a lot of home runs, Edmonds hit 42. Langford hit 26. Fernando Tatis hit 18. Yeah. J.D. Drew hit 18. Renteria with 16. Craig Paquette hit 15 home runs in 2000. Shawan Dunstan, a dozen cousin. And Will Clark coming in late. How many, what month was that that they hit the 40 home runs? Or 45? Um, Do we know? I, I'm guessing that, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't okay. say. Because Clark got here for the last couple of months. Even Mike Matheny hit six home runs that year. And he's oh. going to be in a home run hitting contest. Did you guys know that? He is going to be out at uh, the Ridge Show Fast Lane uh, the Ruiz show from 1057 The Point Fastlane Afternoons here. Uh, they're going to have a softball home run hitting derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. And you can join us next Saturday, June 3rd at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon for the Fastlane versus Riz Show home run derby brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. And that fast pitch MLB home run derby. Mike Matheny, who hit six home runs in 2000. Uh, you're also going to be featuring Andrew Jones, who's a borderline Hall of Famer. Scott Spezio and Bo Hart. General admission tickets 15 bucks at 101ESPN.com. All right. It was uh, May of that year. They hit 45 home runs in May. They hit 42 home runs oh in July. God. They hit 55 home runs across April and March. Hmm. Pretty good. Wow. That's pretty, pretty darn good. Pretty good. So you all touched on the hitting, and I wanted to touch on the starting pitching. So I got a question for you all. You just can shout it out when you know the answer. Okay. So the Cardinals are... Their ERA is 5.41 for the starting pitcher for the starting pitchers this season. That is 24th in the league. How many teams are there in major league? There are 30. Okay, CD. okay. So they are <laughs> in wins. They are 25th in the majors. How many teams? There's are there? 30. Yeah. Okay. In walks, they are tied for 24th in the majors. How many? Did you say 30? There's 30. Okay. Yeah. So in in the number of hits allowed for the starting pitchers, they're last. That would make them the 
30th? 30th. Worst. Oh. So, so the, the worst. Oh, okay. I yes. like that 30th worst. The we worst. can go with either one of those. Those are great answers, people. Thank you. So the hitting, obviously, is a component for this team to have success. However, if your pitching is in the bottom third, bottom fourth of every statistical, major statistical category in the league, you're probably not going to perform or have much success. And until they figure the starting pitching out, Mats has struggled. Jordan Montgomery has struggled. Uh, Wayne Wright has actually done pretty good in his couple of starts that he's had. His three, these are three starts now that he's had. Um, Miles Michaelis is starting to pick it up. Jack Flaherty is starting to pick it up. But when you're looking at the starting pitching, that is where you're going to find the main struggles for this team and the thing that is causing them to not win games. You cannot be your starting pitchers cannot be 24th in ERA, cannot be dead last in hits allowed, cannot be 25th in wins and and 24th in walks. Michaelis was here last year. Mats was here last year. Wayno was here last year. Obviously, Quintana is gone, and they've got some other guys that they moved on from at the trade, including Johan Oviedo from last year. But the other difference is that Mike Maddox isn't here anymore. Hmm. Well, and uh, Yachty isn't here also. That's a good that, point. That, yeah, Yachty isn't that, here either. That, Yep. You know, that changes some things. I think, however, it's at the end of the day, Randy, Brooke, Mark, Rock, they still, the pitchers are the ones that I said time Gotta and time execute. again. They are the ones throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. It is your decision what pitch you want to throw. Pitch calm, signals, you can shake them off. You can tell them what you want and feel what you want to throw and have conviction in it and throw it well and locate your pitches. And if you don't, as we saw with Steven Matz last night, you're going to give up four runs in the first inning. And it's going to happen time and time again, and we're going to be looking around like, what mm-hmm. the heck is going on? Well, and and that's the thing, too, where it, it sounds obvious. Like, this sounds like a very obvious statement. These losses are bad, which, clearly, but it just feels like they're really bad because it points to the issue that you're speaking to that we've said consistently is an issue this season for the Cardinals, starting pitching. Because it affects it affects everything, it feels like, for this team, too. And and going back to what John Mosaloc said during winter warm-ups, he said, you know, they weren't that active in the starting pitcher market and he even said that might be a strategic mistake Mm -hmm. and I know that he went on BK and Ferrario and said that they were a little bit active I'm going to take what he said in winter warm-up because that was right after the offseason as or during the offseason so that you would have more I guess recent memory of that and I think that's really telling because this does feel kind of like a strategic mistake right now and guys we are two months in and I know Mike Claiborne, and I, I have, and it's only two weeks away. Flag Day and Memorial Day are only two weeks apart, but we're basically at Memorial Day on Monday. And if if your starting pitching has not kicked in by Memorial Day, then you have issues yeah. that you have to deal with. You're two months in. You've had plenty of time for these guys to get into a groove. And if it's not happening, you have to wonder if it ever is. So that's a concern. That's your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, do we have a fighter for the fight? Oh, uh, we need a fighter. I did, I've got a little thing here that says right before the eyes, <laughs> fighter request. So, yeah, if you would like to participate in the fight, all you need to do is text the word. Some people, I've heard a kerfuffle over the last couple of days, people complaining about the or the. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a Matthew. Oh, my it's God. Dumb, I just It's the dumbest thing in the world. The, the kerfuffle or yes, the, the people that say. The. Just, just, just say, just roll with one of the words. Is it really that different? It's caramel, caramel all over again. Okay. Caribbean, Caribbean. Crayon, crown. I thought I could just slip that one right in there. Nobody noticed. Text in <laughs> fight to 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. The, the fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back.
to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great, Kerry. How's it going? Do- doing wonderful. Are you a Jeff or Jeffrey, or, or do you stick with Jeff for sure? Uh, I'm, I'm Jeffrey, but uh, it's, it's Jeff, uh, preferably. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> All right, here we go, Jeff. With 10 winless starts to begin the season, Steven Matz is chasing Cardinals history. Which starter began the 1995 Cardinals season with 14 winless starts to set the franchise's modern era record? Is it Danny Jackson, Donovan Osborne, or Ken Hill? Mm, We're going to go Danny Jackson. Last night, the Florida Panthers punched their second ticket to the Stanley Cup final in franchise history. Who did they get swept by in the 95-96 final? Is it the Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, or Detroit Red Wings? Mm, What year was it? The 95-96 final. Uh, Detroit Red Wings. That same 96 final also had the last hat trick in a Stanley Cup final history. Scored by whom? Is it Yui Krupp, Joe Sackick, or Peter Forsberg? Mm. Uh, We're going to say Yui Krupp. Since 2000, who is the only Cardinals pitcher to tally 17 or more losses in a season? Is it Anthony Reyes, Kip Wells, or Jason Marquis? Uh, can you repeat the question again? Since 2000, who is the only Cardinals pitcher to tally 17 or more losses in a season? Anthony Reyes, Kip Wells, Jason Marquis. Uh, Kip Wells. All right, we will double check those scores and we'll bring in Randy Carricker. Jeff, how you feeling? Man, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not feel good. You didn't feel but good I know about I got it? The, I know I got the first, um, the first final wrong because you gave me all Avalanche players <laughs> on the next one. Well, so. wait, Randy, say hello to say hello to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. How's it going? This Everything's great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You ready, Randy? I am ready, sir. With excuse me, with ten winless starts to begin the season, Stephen Matz is chasing Cardinals history. Hmm. Which starter began the 1995 Cardinals season with 14 winless starts to set the franchise's modern era record? Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> you'd figure um, after ten, you'd be done, huh? You'd think so. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think so. Okay, 95. So uh, Ken Hill was on that team. Um, 
They had signed Danny Jackson as a free agent. He was not very good. Um, that was a forgettable team. Uh, I'll, I'm trying to think of who else was on that squad in 95. Uh, I think Alan Watson was still around. I see Torrey was the manager. Gibson was Bob Gibson was the pitching coach. Um, oh. Yeah. oh, I would hate to be oh, in those man. meetings. Yeah, you're <laughs> Surprised he didn't yeah. put his hands around somebody's neck. Yeah. Um, Alan, Alan Watson. I don't think Alan Watson was ever that bad. I think Danny Jackson may have been. It was a disastrous free agent signing. I think I'm going to just roll the dice here with uh, with old friend Danny Jackson, who wound up, by the way, getting traded for Fernando Valenzuela. Hmm. Little fun fact for you. Last night, the Florida Panthers punched their second ticket to the Stanley Cup final in franchise history. Who did they get swept by in the 95-96 final? Uh, that would have been 96. Hold on, let me. 95-96. I can picture this. Uh, who were they playing? Oh, that would have been... Um, that would have been the very first year that the Avalanche were in Colorado. That would have been the Colorado Avalanche over the uh, the Panthers. Uh, yeah, because 96, obviously, was here. Gretzky was here. We lose in the uh, Western Conference uh, semis to Detroit. They go play Colorado, and Colorado beats... Detroit. So, yes, first year for the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. That same 96 final also had the last hat trick in Stanley Cup final history. Hmm. Scored by whom? It's it seems like it was Peter Forsberg. Seems like I recall Peter Forsberg having a hat trick and I because he didn't play during the regular season. And then he came back and he had an unbelievable playoff. I'm just going to go with the Peter Forsberg final answer. Okay. Since 2000, who is the only Cardinals pitcher to tally 17 or more losses in a season? Since 2000, huh? This should be easy. Uh, but it's not, unfortunately. So uh, I, I have my lifeline left, right? Did I use my lifeline yet? I don't no, think I did. did. Okay, no. I'll use the lifeline then. Anthony Reyes, Kip Wells, or Jason Marquis? Oh, man, Kip Wells. <laughs> oh, man, he was awful. Oh, man, he was, you talk about bad body language, man. That yeah. was, uh, I mean, he just had no chance. He was, that was brutal. Oh, man. Kip Wells. Yeah, final answer. Again, how do you get to 17 losses? Yeah. <laughs> 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 At what point do you say enough, enough is enough? The old <laughs> adage was, let me look him up. Let me, let, me, let me look him up. The old adage was that you had to be pretty good to lose that much. But I think he had led the league in losses previously, right? Uh, he had, yes. He, he tallied 18 with Pittsburgh yeah. uh, a year how? or two prior. How? That's unbelievable. How do you get that many losses? In a season. Maybe he's a nice in guy. Back-to-back season. Yeah, man, nice guy. Also, what the early 90s? Well, Pittsburgh Pirates not like a terrible team? Am I crazy? Uh, they were pretty bad. Were they bad? Okay, I guess yeah, so. they were pretty bad. Once uh, Bonds and Bonilla were oh. done, let me give you uh, one more here. Another former Cardinal, but he... Um, okay, his name is Mike Maroth. 
He might be the last guy to lose 20 games. He was 9 and 21 in 2003. The Cardinals wound up trading for him, and he went 0 and 5 for the Cardinals with a 10.66 ERA in 2007 in the Cardinals' last losing season. 0 and 5. That's Matt's esque with a, a 10.66. I saw some of those comparisons last night on social media. Yeah, Mike Moroff, man alive. Mm-hmm. Nine, so he was 9 and 21. He allowed a league high in the American League, 123 runs. Uh, he allowed 34 home runs in 193 innings. And here's the big one 2003 Tigers go 43 and 119. 43 and 119. Hmm. That's amazing. But then three years later, they were in the World Series. Well, we have a winner in today's fight. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the fight. <laughs> is Randy waxing all philosophical and throwing out stats right now while he is the winner or the loser? Honestly, I think one would be a lot funnier than the other one. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Jeff. As Doc Rivers would say, Randy played with his, uh, I mean, f- his food uh, on that one with a three-one win. I'm sorry, Jeff, on that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's go through those answers with ten winless starts to begin his season. Stephen Mass is chasing Cardinals history. It was actually Donovan Osborne. Oh wow! Who started fourteen straight? Danny Jackson did have eleven straight starts that year uh, that were winless before <laughs> oh he finally God. got a win. What? Osborne got his yeah. first win in mid-September. Wow! Of they that got season. the manager fired. How- Oh, <laughs> Last night, the Florida Panthers oh, punched one other thing. They got the manager fired, okay? <laughs> Those pitchers got the manager fired. Then the manager got another job, and he won the World Series the next year, 96. He won the World Series in 98, 99, 2000. So he wound up doing okay. Randy, I've asked my players at one point, I said, do y'all like me? Why are y'all trying to get oh me fired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Okay, sorry about that, man. Sorry, my fault. Oh. Uh, last night, the Florida Panthers punched their second ticket to the Stanley Cup Final in franchise history. In just their third year, they made it to the Final in 96 and were swept by the Colorado Avalanche. And who from that Colorado Avalanche team scored the last hat trick in a Stanley Cup Final? It was, in fact, Peter Forsberg. The other answers, by the way, Yui Krupp uh, scored the game-winning goal in overtime, or the, the game uh, finals clinching goal, I should say, in overtime of Game 4. And Joe Sackick won the... Um, why am I blanking on the MVP trophy right now? Con Smythe. The Connie Smythe. The, um, the Connie Smythe, eh? And then and since 2000, the only Cardinals pitcher to tally 17 or more losses in a season is, in fact, Kip Wells when he did it in the 2007 season. Anthony Reyes that year, by the way, was 2-14 and 14 for the Cardinals. Wow. And number two on that list, Jason Marquis had a 16-loss season for the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow, amazing. 3-1 win for Randy Carricker in the fight. Thank you so much again for joining the fight on the show today, Jeff. Guys, have a good day. Thank you. Okay, kids, the CDC has issued an announcement that 18 people have been inflicted with uh, an outbreak of salmonella due to uh, cookie dough in ice cream. So uh, here's the question for you. Will that prevent you from eating cookie dough ice cream if you have the knowledge that 18 people in the whole country have contracted salmonella because of it? No. Me either. Is it like a very bad case that you could die from, or is just maybe you die from walking across a little upset tummy? I I don't drink. I can't eat ice cream though. Oh, I'm I'm one of those. Oh, Randy. Oh, Oh, I don't want to give you all a visual. Uh, Oh no, no, we're good. Audio, audio. (laughs) States affected, by the way, include California, Idaho, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and. 
Missouri. Oh, so no. Be careful out there. <laughs> Can I throw out a quick question? Is this going to stop anybody in the room, other than Carrie, of course, from actually eating cookie dough ever again? Never. Never. Not, nope. a, not a single. No. It's not going to stop me in one way, shape, I or love form. I cookie dough. I play the odds. I figure, go buy I, some I figure, right now. What do we have? 600 million people in the... I don't know how many people we have in this. How many people do we have in the country? If 18 have it out of... Okay, US, USA population. I, I'm stupid, okay? I'll, I'll be three, three, like I'm, 297, I think? 300 million? Oh. Okay, whatever. Current U.S. population. Thank you, Google. Uh, I could just do this on my phone and talk. But anyway, uh, but I, I'm going to type. It, it 331. Three thir- 331 million people. Out of 331 million people, if 18 have what salmonella. What percentage is that? It's got to be like low, a point. Very low. I'm playing the odds. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying. And if I wind up, if I wind up being that's, special, uh, so be it. That's like hitting the lottery almost yeah, in, the, exactly. in the reverse way. Yeah, exactly. Bad lottery. Yeah. So you got to deal with it. Uh, it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, 10 winless starts for Steven Matz and his, a decision apparently needs to be made. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It has not been a very good run for Steven Matz, and he now has 10 winless starts. And last, last night, the Cardinal general manager, Michael Gersh, joined Jim Hayes on the Bally Sports pregame show and talked a little bit about what's going on with the, the starting pitching. And obviously, it hadn't been what anybody wants it to be. Many people did expect this, but it's certainly not what anybody wants it to be. And Gersh talked about the starting pitching and where it is as we speak in late May. Things could be better in the rotation. Uh, we, we'd like to get guys going deeper into games. Um, helps a bullpen, obviously. Um, but, you know, given the way that we're hitting and the defense that we're playing right now, uh, you know, just keeping us in it is is uh, has been working out fine. So um, still hopeful that we can, you know, get some guys going a little bit, uh, get some guys back on track. Like Jordan had started out the year great and has been a little bit, uh, Montgomery's been a little bit um, in a bit of a rut the last few outings. So uh, still, still hoping to get things going a little bit better than they have been. But you know, the main thing is just keep us in the game. Keep us in the game into the into the you know fifth or sixth inning. Our bullpen's been strong. The offense's been strong. And so, you know, it's been effective for the last couple weeks. Now, Stephen Matz does not do that. Stephen Matz does not keep him in a game, even to the point where the Cardinals can expect to outslug the opposition, right? Because the opposition scored 10 runs last night, and Matz only gave you four innings. So the big question for me, guys, is... I'm okay with Jordan Montgomery. I, I, I've seen Jordan Montgomery do it in a Cardinal uniform. I'm okay with Adam Wainwright being my fourth or fifth guy. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Flaherty and, and Michaelis at the front of the rotation. But and, and you know what? I'd rather take my chance on the unknown that is Matthew Libertor than what I perceive as the known that is Steven Matz that is giving me virtually nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's been Matt's has been struggling and I, I said it, you know, going into the season, we we were hoping that the spring training Steve Matt's that we saw, Steven Matt's that we saw, we would get that version of him and he has not done so well enough up until this point. And it's it's frustrating because you need that from your starting pitcher. Otherwise, your bullpen is going to get taxed. And we're seeing that kind of over and over again where the bullpen is having to pitch so many innings because your starters just aren't giving you quality starts. They aren't giving you enough innings. Um, and so they're they're working overtime to make sure that they can keep us in games. And it's a, it's a struggle all for, for everyone involved. Well, and also, too, it's just – 
you know, knowing, too, that it's been a while since we've seen him get a win and a start. It's been almost 11 months now that Steven Matz has been winless as a Cardinal. And so you don't even have exactly that body of work where you feel comfortable that mm-hmm. you're like, OK, I've seen in recent years he can do this, too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big level of concern, too. I mean, this is the second year of a four year, 44 million dollar contract. It's only 11 for million a year. They'll break it down. Brooke, it's, <laughs> it's only 11 million a year. Oh, I, I just think at this point, bullpen seems to be the issue. Or even as Greg said, do you foresee a phantom injury coming uh, out yeah. of here like and, where you can work on it? Especially if we were talking about, too, where Ricky Horton said that you can see that, you know, he's obviously kind of blatantly tipping on the changeup. That seems like something that has to be addressed here. Because if Ricky Horton and the broadcasters can see it, the hitters see it as well, too. They, they're a little bit further away than the hitters are. Yeah, last right. time I checked. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you wonder about a guy like Matt. Brooke mentioned it's almost 11 months since the last time he came up with a victory. He only went four and two thirds. Granted, the team got shut out in his last outing, and he only allowed uh, one run, and uh, that was an unearned run. But before that, you had multiple situations where he was allowing a lot of runs. And he has he run into bad luck? Yes. He goes five and a third. He allows one earned run against Detroit, but he doesn't get a decision in that game. The Cardinals explode late. Uh, game at Boston, he goes five and a third, allows three earned runs, and uh, the Cardinals win the game, but he doesn't get the decision. But you wonder how much of this provides, even though he has okay outings for a 2023 starter, back of the rotation guy, is he confident going into a game like last night against Cincinnati where you're looking to come away with a victory and you wonder if Matt's has the confidence to uh, to win? He apparently does. Yeah, I was feeling good. I was feeling, you know, my confidence was up. I was, you know, I was looking forward to being out there today and just continue, you know, giving the team a chance to win. And, uh, you know, I took a step back today, but some things I can look at and address and, uh, you know. And the question is, does he get to address those issues on a rehab stint with a phantom injury, or do the Cardinals say, hey, you're tipping your pitches? I hope the Cardinals pitching coach and manager, by the way. We should ask Ollie about that. Ollie Marmol is going to join us at 930. We'll ask him about that. We'll mention that Ricky Horton and Brad Thompson mentioned that and see if the Cardinal front, uh, the, the powers that be in the dugout have recognized that, too, and if they give him another opportunity. Right now, I look at it, and we're all impatient. We, we card- counted the Cardinals out after April. We're all impatient. But... I'm at the point now where I would prefer that he fix his problems elsewhere rather than subject the bullpen to what he did last night. Well, and also, too, I feel like we're past the point of sample size with him, too. I mean, this has been kind of a clear indicator. I know that he got just a little bit better in recent outings. I would say better in what we've seen from him. But now this is a huge setback, too. And that performance yesterday, it it doesn't matter what your offense can do. And we know that this offense is capable of putting a lot of runs on the board. But still, when you start out your games that way, and he has that history and track record of getting into these issues in the first inning, it's really, I mean, imagine how that is for the hitters, too, because we haven't talked about this. What is the hitters' mindset when you know they know the records, too? You know that they haven't won a start yet with Steven Matz this year. You know that they kind of have that mental block going on in their head as well of, 
oh, okay, well, now now we got to really make sure that we can do this or that. that. That also affects the hitters, too, knowing that maybe they'll have to do more because this hasn't been panning out well for Steven Matz thus far. I also think that when you have uh, have had the ability to to put guys on the injured, injured list and, and guys go re, get rehab starts and work on things – Paul DeYoung, you sent Jordan Walker down. If you could send star players down or players that, and they come back and show that they're doing well, mm-hmm. that gives another player, okay, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe there are some things. Okay, yeah, my, my big toe has been hurting a little bit when I right, land. Right. Uh, I can go on the IL for 10 days, and, and now I can work on some things and kind of correct the things that they're asking me to work on because I want to win just as much as they want us to win when I'm pitching. Um, and, and and it's all on the player to decide, hey, I got to be better, I got to do better, and whatever I need to correct, I need to go get that done so we can win games. One other quick note about Steven Matz, who, because of the way the market is, and $44 million over four years, that's a, that's a back-of-the-rotation contract, right? $11 million a year. But I say I want innings out of those guys. The the year that earned him the contract when he went fourteen and seven with the Blue Jays, he went seven innings one time, hmm. and that was in his last start of the season. He allowed two, two earned runs. Otherwise, he had starts where he would only go three and two thirds, four and a third, three and a third. He had a lot of five and sixes, but he's not. Even though he's getting the forty four million, he's never been a front of the rotation guy. That is Stephen Matz, and that's today's. Look at the the Cardinal Lefty here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our rush hour. Re- Actually, we're going to talk to Jr. Jeremy Rutherford. We're going to talk to him about why the Blues don't have Matthew Kachuk and why the Blues aren't still playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we're going to have Ali Marmol at the bottom of the hour. And then who's at 9.15? Rush hour reset. Oh, rush hour reset. Us. Okay, all right, Charlie. You can oh. look forward to us yeah. Yeah, at 9.15. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, Jeremy Rutherford is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. from the Athletic is Jeremy Rutherford getting ready for the Memorial Day weekend. Good morning, JR. How you doing? Good morning, gang. How you guys doing? Doing well. And as I watch these playoffs unfold, I have no doubt that the Blues would be in the Stanley Cup Finals had they acquired Matthew Kachuk <laughs> from Calgary rather than the, the Florida Panthers. And I think we, we look back at it with 2020 hindsight, now knowing what he has and the, the, the money that he got from Florida, the house that he has in Florida, the f- fact that there's no state income tax in Florida, what the Panthers are paying him and what the Panthers were able to give up for him. Is it realistic now to look back and think the Blues could have had Matthew Kachuk? Well, they would have had to have given up a lot. And I think it was a tough situation. You know, you go back to uh, what Calgary was looking for. Let's remember, Daryl Sutter was their coach. They've gone through a lot of uh, downs here in the last few years, and they were trying to uh, to kind of keep keep going the, uh, the, the, the uh, positive energy that they had going as an organization and, and try to win with Daryl Sutter before, you know, he was getting up there. And, and so I think that, for them to look around the league and look for assets and young players, that wasn't going to happen. And I think that when you talk about the blue situation with Vladimir Tarasenko, he had a no trade clause. I think Scandella's got a modified no trade clause. I had heard that the Calgary Flames didn't want Jordan Cairo. It would have been tough to put together a package, I think, that would have uh, appeased Calgary. And then you look at what Florida gave up. 
And at the time, you know, that's a really good package. So, hey, guys, looking back, I think uh, really if Doug Armstrong's watching these playoffs, which he is, he's like, man, I should have said, I'll give up the third line. I'll give up the second line. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give up six players and two defensemen to get this guy into St. Louis. But, J- uh, no, it didn't work out that way. JR, have you seen a performance like what you've seen from Matthew Kachuk winning two games in overtime, the game winner last night with five seconds left? Have you seen a performance like that in a series? I have not. I mean, we saw what O'Reilly did in the Boston series. I think he had goals in four in four games. That was the first time since Gretzky to have goals in four games. I got to be honest with you guys. I've been watching a lot of these playoffs, but you do miss a game here or there. Like last night, I was at my daughter's softball game, and so you're following it on social media. And I'm I'm not kidding you. I was sitting there in the bleachers watching the softball game. And I saw the tweet that says Kachuk scores four seconds left. I said, you've got to be kidding me. You absolutely have got to be kidding me. And I was telling Rocchio off air that a lot of times when you write a big feature story like we did about Matthew Kachuk at The Athletic a week and a half, two weeks ago, you kind of look for opportunities to retweet it. Hey, is he putting his name back in the headline? Let's retweet it now. Maybe people are looking. He's given me like 10 opportunities to retweet this story. Every time he does something, he's putting himself (laughs) back in the news and we've been able to uh, bring up that story again well and then tonight we're gonna have to wait to see who the Panthers will be facing but it'll either be the Golden Knights or the Dallas Stars what do you like in this series who do you think is going to come out on top and what did you make too of that Jamie Benn suspension for two games yeah so uh, 3-0 Vegas that looks like uh, they'll be playing Florida in the the Stanley Cup final Uh, I've liked Vegas kind of throughout the playoffs they get the job done uh, and you look at their team, two ex-Blues, I'm sure some people here in St. Louis are pulling for them, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Ivan Barbashev. They've looked really good in the playoffs. For those who aren't watching, Barbashev's just played absolutely outstanding. And as far as the uh, penalty, the, the Stars are going to be without Jamie Benn tonight. And I'm sure you guys saw this yesterday, but uh, he cross-checked the guy in the back, Mark Stone, and he says yesterday that he was actually falling and he was using a stick to kind of brace his fall. Like, come on. First of all, you take that penalty that you can't take and you get kicked out of the game early on, so you're not there for your team. Second of all, you're not there post-game to talk to the media about what happened. And then third, you're going to come out and say that you fell on the guy. So he's going to miss the game tonight. I think that uh, Vegas is going to wrap it up tonight. We're going to have two sweeps, and you're going to be talking about a uh, Vegas Panthers final. Jeremy Rutherford with us on 101 ESPN. And somebody, it was a great little quip the other night on Twitter. They said they tried to call uh, Jamie Benn after the first period after he got kicked out, and uh, it went right to voicemail, no rings. Um, <laughs> so, But it's, uh, remember when the, the owner ripped he and uh, Sagan? And you, you just wonder yeah. if, if some guys have it in them to... To, to win. And he, he, as a captain of that team, for whatever reason, has not shown the propensity, and they've had some really good teams there, to be able to lead a winning uh, Stanley Cup winning franchise. Right, and Randy, I know you remember this. Let's go back a few years to when Jamie Benn sat on top of Alex Petrangelo, and everybody said, uh, that's the type of captain you need. You don't need a guy like Petrangelo who mm-hmm. you know, lays on the ground, and then he goes to the bench, and then the cameras caught him smiling just a little bit later. Well, guess what? Guess who's going to the Stanley Cup final this year? Alex Petrangelo and and guess who's not? Jamie Benn. I think Jamie Benn would have been gone from Dallas a few years ago if not for that uh, monster contract. And his play wasn't anywhere near up to par. Uh, he did have a good regular season this year, but true colors come out here in the postseason. You know, I think he's a good player. He's talented. He's skilled. He's not the type of guy that I would want leading my team. Hey, JR, as this uh, offseason unfolds, and we're still a month away from the draft, but. It- 
Are you getting any read on whether or not a quantity of players might be available in trades? Like if the Blues wanted to trade their two number ones, do you think there will be much out there this year? Uh, yeah, so when I talked to Doug Armstrong about that recently, he said that they were uh, they had the information stage done where they gathered, the staff gathered uh, the guys that they thought might be available. And at this time, when I talked to Doug a couple weeks ago, he said they were in the stage uh, coming soon where they'd start making some phone calls. And he hadn't done that yet. Maybe he's done that by now. Just to teams to, to feel them out. Uh, so even at that time, they didn't know who was going to be available. You know, I, I think there's going to be some complimentary players uh, that the Blues probably could have in a trade that could help them and, and kind of get them through this next year or two, whether how competitive they're going to be, you know, we just don't know. Uh, so in my conversation with Doug, I think they're going to make that number 10 pick. Uh, I don't believe they'd try to trade up. And then I think that uh, they're either going to use those two later round uh, picks in the first round or potentially use one of them, like you said, to, to make a trade. But I don't think we're going to see, you know, and, and with Doug, you never know. So I probably put my foot in my mouth here. I don't think we're going to see anything blockbuster I, I just think that he's going to try to keep this team competitive you know bank on guys like Brandon Kapanen to, to do something and kind of get them through this period and and see if that defense can uh, can come back and play better than it did last year so a little bit shocked if he were to make a, a blockbuster but I do think they'll be somewhat active are they going to be looking at defense uh, specifically defensemen is that a is that a need for this team going into next season so it is, but here, here's the thing: you got to have a taker, you got to have a partner. So I think if there was something there, uh, it, when he explores the uh, options around the league to try to make a trade with one of his defensemen, if, if it were there and made sense, I think he'd do it. Uh, but if there isn't, then he really can't do anything because if you don't have any takers for these contracts, you're not really going to be able to shuffle the deck. If you do bring in somebody, you know, it could be a, a second or third pair that. You know, guys squeezes in there. Uh, but with the contracts they have and the guys that they're counting on in that front four, you know, they don't really have any other choices unless they can move on those guys. And I wonder if a guy like Truba with the Rangers, and uh, the fans don't like him, I don't know what Chris Drury thinks, but uh, you look at the Rangers, if, if I'm the the Rangers' ownership, I'm, I'm going to Chris Drury and saying, yeah, you probably don't want to answer Doug Armstrong's phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely with the trades that he's made. By the way, we did that fan survey uh, the other day, Randy, I don't know if you saw the results, mm-hmm. but you know the co- the confidence in Doug Armstrong to make a free agent signing, not so great. Kind of a similar situation with Mosaic, right? Uh, but you look at the confidence the Blues fans have in Doug Armstrong's trades; it continues to be through the roof. So yeah, if you're uh, Chris Drury, you probably don't want to pick up that phone when Doug calls about a trade. Jerry, what's the latest thing you have going on in the Athletic? Yeah, working on a couple things. Actually, something we just talked about. I'm working with uh, Shana Goldman on a piece about what are the potential possibilities for a trade of a Blues defenseman, and if so, which teams around the league could be interested when you talk about Colton Pareko, Tori Krug, Nick Letty, these types of guys. Are there teams around the league that would be interested in them? Uh, we should have that up uh, probably tomorrow, and then maybe next week sometime uh, you have the potential of Ryan O'Reilly coming back to St. Louis. How often does that happen? In the last 20 years, it's happened 23 times where a guy's been traded to another team at the deadline and returned as a free agent the following year. Could happen with Ryan O'Reilly this summer. That's an astounding amount. Uh, aside from Kachuk and Wait, have we had any others? No, the Blues haven't. And honestly, after Wait and Kachuk, it, it, it drops off significantly. There's a few guys in there like Antoine Vermette maybe got a first-rounder and then came back the following year. But most of them are fourth, fifth, sixth-round draft picks. But Wait and Kachuk, those were the two big ones. All right. Thank you, JR. Have a great holiday weekend. 
Yep, you guys too. Thank you, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Ali Marmol, the Cardinal skipper at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next, we've got our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The Cardinals wrap up their four-game series in Cincinnati with an 11:30 contest at the Soso American Ballpark. This morning starts at 11.30, and of course you can see that game on Bally with uh, Chip and, and BT, and the lineup is out, and that means that we get to play the lineup game. We don't get an opportunity to do this much here on our, <laughs> our program in the morning, so uh, let's, uh, let's play a little lineup game. All right, right off the bat, I'm going to need some guesses here on who is leading off in playing center field for the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, it's Luke Lars. Weaver. Luke, yeah, oh, Luke Lars. Weaver on oh. the mound for Cincy, right? So it's, it's uh, Lars Newbar. Yeah, Newt. New, new. Hey, hey, hey. hey, Craig Lars, new bar leading off playing center field. <laughs> okay. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, this is where it starts getting tricky after this one. Okay. Go ahead, number two, who's batting in the two spot? Ooh. Um, you would think. Uh, Wait, is Gold so Goldschmidt's Goldie. been out for two days, right? He DH last night. Okay, he DH last night. And the, and the night before, he's DH twice. How many <laughs> days off are they going to. Let's go. I, I say Goldie gets a, I say go Goldie. Goldie. Yeah, Goldie. No, no, no. I, uh, Okay. Day game after night game travel day. They got all day to travel though. I mean, they, and they're just going night. to Cleveland. Okay. Uh, Goldie at first base for hitting second. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a rough start right here. Right off the bat, okay. you guys are wrong. Um, Right-handed pitcher. So Nolan Gorman. Oh, do you, yeah, I, yeah. You want to go Nolan Gorman? There you go. You are correct. Nolan Gorman is DHing and batting second. Okay. Batting third. So if Nolan Gorman is the DH, Wilson Contreras is in there somewhere. Um, no, it's a, a getaway day lineup, it's, boys. It's Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis likes oh, Kisner. So Kisner's going to be later. Then. It's a getaway day lineup. He tell, tells us. Okay, he gave okay. us some insight. A little bit of a little bit of a hint. So then, who's DHing today? DH is Gorman. Oh, sorry, Gorman. Gorman. Uh, okay, then who's at Short first? Shortstop, third base. Ooh, this is tough. Alec Burleson. No, he oh, won't no, be no, that no, high. No. He won't be that high. No. Um, Don Donovan. Not not third. Left-handed hitter. Uh, Twenty baseball. He's got to play. You're gonna put him back to back. Nolan and 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 Donovan. You already got Newton Gorman. So so three in a row. Yeah, okay, know. let's try it. You are correct. Brendan Donovan batting Goldie third and baseball. playing third base. Wow. Who's batting Ooh. cleanup? So no Arenado today. No Goldie. No Arenado. Who's batting cleanup? Who's batting cleanup? Wilson Contreras is not in the game. He's not. He's not playing today. There's only. There's only one guy. Who would that be? <laughs> not. 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 Not Hannes. Hannes Wagner. It, <laughs> there's it. only there you one go. guy. You're, so You're absolutely correct. Playing shortstop, batting fourth is Paul DeYoung, aka Hannes Ooh, Wagner. Who else okay. can you play? Out okay, there, right? Who else, can you, who, who else could you hit fourth? Do we have a second baseman yet? Okay, wait. Where, where are we no, right now? We don't. We're, so we're, we've got Newt, Gorman, Donovan, Wagner. Newt in center, Gorman at DH, Donovan at third, Hannes Wagner at short. Okay, and okay. batting fifth is. I would. Yeah, I'm going to put Alec Burleson somewhere. He's going to be in the outfield, right? 
correct? I guess so. Who's playing first base is the question. If, uh, if, that is a good question. If, if Gorman is DHing, okay. the young is at short, Donovan is at third, who's at first? Yepes came up as a first baseman. So you want to put Yepes at first, but he's not going to be back. Because it, that's better than outfield for him, right? Yeah. So is it is it Burleson or Yepes right now? I I go with the lefty. Okay, so go Burleson. Oh. Playing first base is in fact Alec Burleson oh, playing first. Fifth. Oh man! Wow. Hey, we have been asking for him not to be in the outfield. So you get right. what you asked for, right? Well, that means somebody okay. else is in the outfield. So, um, numbers. So we still don't have We're a second on, baseman. So you're now down Edmund, to your number six Edmund, batter. Edmund has Edmund. to. Tommy Ed, Edmund. Tommy Edmund. <clears throat> he's not playing today? He's got to be playing today. He's got to be moving. Yeah, he I did not say that. Okay, so okay. we've got our first and third baseman. We've got our shortstop. You need a right fielder and a, and a left fielder. So yeah. Yepes then. Juan Yepes. Yes? I'll go with Juan. Juan. Yeah, we'll go with Yepes. Batting six, playing left field. Juan Yepes. Juan Yepes. Okay. And so. now I'm going to need the seven spot from you guys. Seven, eight, and nine got to be Edmund. So then that would be Edmund. Mercado and Kisner. Edmund? Batting eighth. Or so you be batting seventh and playing second base, Tommy Edmund. Batting eighth has got to be Mercado. That, that's going to be Kiz. No. Kiz is last. Mercado was but ninth. The thing is, you can use Mercado okay. as your second leadoff hitter. So Kisner. Right, because you can get on base Kisner. and steal yes. base. Behind the plate, batting eighth, Andrew Kisner. And then Mercado in right field? Yeah, I, I'm with got... you. Your right field will the prodigal son returned, Oscar Mercado in right field. Okay. So there's your lineup. Oof. Lars Newpar leading off playing center field. <laughs> really pretty good. <laughs> Nolan, really Gorman, Nolan Gorman batting second at the DH. Third baseman Brendan Donovan batting third. Shortstop Paul DeYoung in the cleanup spot. First baseman Alec Burleson batting fifth. Left fielder Juan Yepes sixth. Second baseman Tommy Edmonds seventh. Andrew Kisner is the catcher batting eighth. And Oscar Mercado is your right fielder batting ninth. And of course, Miles Michaelis, the starter for your St. Louis Cardinals. Well, as hey, soon hey, as kids, you get out of School. Let's go watch the Cardinals and see Goldschmidt and Arenado. <laughs> oh no! Well, it, yeah, it, no. <laughs> and here's the thing: I, after the whole Paul Goldschmidt thing, it's just like, well, that went a million different mm-hmm. directions, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, are you a little surprised that Paul Goldschmidt is not well, playing? They're giving everybody today? a day well, off. No, probably no. a mental break. Okay. They're giving everybody a day and off. It is Luke Weaver. I mean, we've seen a lot of Luke Weaver. You don't need Goldschmidt and Arenado to beat Luke Weaver. All due respect. With all due respect, he's a really nice guy. I'm sure. Yeah, Dream, his nickname is Dream. Dream Weaver. Yeah, Dream's about being when good. You, when you win your many games, though, huh? No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Cardinals did lose last night, ten to three, to the Reds, and we'll play the game today with that uh, lineup <laughs> that you just heard last night. NHL playoffs. Matthew Kachuk scoring with about four and a half seconds left for Florida on the power play. Panthers advance to the Stanley Cup Finals with a victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, who had tied the game late. And so Matthew wins his third of the four games. He scores the game-winning goal, two of them in overtime, one with five seconds left. And tonight, right here on 101 ESPN, you've got game number four between the Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights, and Vegas should put Dallas away tonight. Jamie Benn suspended for two games, whether they're both playoff games or one playoff game and one regular season game for that vicious cross-check on Mark Stone's neck. It'll be one game next season. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Yep. And then we start the NBA Finals next Thursday, correct? Uh, June 1st. Yeah, I June believe. 1st. Yep. Yeah, so we've still got one. 
well, we still have one series to go. Let's just say that because Jason Tatum and the Celtics will try to stay alive again against the Miami Heat. All right, there you have it. And uh, we are rocking and rolling with our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head to Cincinnati, and uh, the Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmol, will join us and tell us what the heck he's thinking with this lineup on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. As Matthew Rocchio told you, the Cardinals are a couple of hours away from first pitch in Cincinnati, wrapping up the four-game series and trying to get a split of that four-gamer before they head to Cleveland after today's game. And joining us now on the Celebrity Line is the Cardinals skipper, Ali Marmol from the Great American Ballpark. Good morning, Ali. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Everything's good here in St. Louis. The weather's perfect. We just need a Cardinal victory today. You ain't kidding. I'm with you on that one. (laughs) Ollie, uh, we've been talking about Steven Matz this morning. Of course, not the outing that anybody was really hoping or expecting to see from him. It was interesting because during the broadcast last night, Ricky Horton and the team pointing out um, that with Steven Matz's delivery, it kind of suggests that he was tipping on the changeup. Is that something that you guys also picked up on and are planning on addressing with Matz? A couple things on that. Uh, there's a difference between tipping and, and just kind of slowing things down on changeup. I believe uh, what they were talking about was more like just delivery-wise. You can tell that there was a different tempo and delivery on that rather than just tipping the pitch prior to making it. Um, but, yeah, we uh, we uh, do a deep dive uh, before every outing and after every outing to make sure that we are recovered there. Um, but there's several things with Matt that we're, we're addressing. He's actually uh, with Dusty as we speak, uh, going over several things. But um, obviously not the outing that we uh, we wanted or needed yesterday. Ali, Matthew Libertor looked really good in his first start. Uh, what do you all expect from him this season? Yeah, so he's going he's gonna to throw tomorrow against Cleveland and uh, followed by Jack. And, and we're looking forward to that outing. He did a nice job. <clears throat> his last time out, he did a really nice job that towards the end of spring training, you can tell that there was a difference to his fastball. He was landing his off-speed stuff. He was getting more swing and miss. And he carried that for the last six weeks in AAA and just was consistent with it. And he's more than deserving uh, of a shot in this rotation. Hey, Ali, I, I, the, the sport has changed. You've been with the Cardinal organization for a long time. But I've always thought that for good teams, your starting pitching kind of kicked it around Memorial Day. That This is the time of year where you start to see what you have in your starting rotation. I'd like to know if you feel like you're, if you're seeing your group start to kick in and what makes you believe that if, if you're seeing it. Yeah, there's a couple guys that I would say yes to and a couple guys that we're still needing to see them step up, and that's just the reality of where we are. Um, but I believe if you look at Miles, uh, he had a rough start, and I, I attribute some of that to the WBC and just his inability to have a true spring training the way he normally would in order to build up for a season. And we saw that his first several outings, it, it was shaky, not the, the Miles that we were used to seeing as far as being able to land whatever he wanted in any count. And uh, it took him a while to get in his in his groove and settle in, and we're seeing a much better version of him as of late. If you look at his last several outings, it's it's a lot more of the miles that we're used to seeing. He, he has a feel for all his pitches. He's throwing them behind the count, behind the count, keeping guys off balance. Um, Jack is looking better um, every time out. Uh, there's a couple things with Monty that we can improve on, but the reality is he's given us a shot almost every time out. 
Um, but there, there, there are some things with maths that we have to address and make sure that we're getting more competitive out and out of them. His last three were better, um, but we still need we, we still need him to take that next step. Dylan Carlson is eligible to come off the injured list today, but I believe I saw that he is not traveling with the team. So what is the plan for his return? Will he have a rehab sent? And also, any more updates on Tyler O'Neill? I know that it continues to seem to be setback after setback with him, but he took some swings off a tee yesterday, right? Uh, that's correct. Um, so with uh, I'll start with Dylan. He uh, he will not come off on this road trip. This is uh, day two of him taking some swings. He took some right-handed swings yesterday. A little bit more difficult for him to put pressure on it from the left side, and he still hasn't started kind of jogging and, and doing his sprint work in order to get back on the field. So um, still a little bit of time there. With Tyler, he did take about 25 swings yesterday and felt okay, but that's been a very, very slow progression. Ali, I didn't know, I didn't realize this until I started doing the radio. We do Wayne Wright every Wednesday. We have him on. And I didn't realize how late uh, you guys can get up in the morning. I, 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 a, I'm jealous of it. But B, the second part of my question is, with a game that starts at 1135, how different is that for the guys, knowing that, you know, you usually might be rolling over in bed around this time just getting rolling? I, I appreciate you calling us out. Um, <laughs> No, um, you're, you're used to it because the getaway days, you're usually playing at 12-15 or 1-15 games. So your body's used to kind of playing night games and then having a, a flip back and play that day game. And, and you figure out a way to, to rest your body uh, accordingly. But, um, yeah, typically we, we get to sleep in a little bit and uh, play that night game. And uh, from, for, from a staff standpoint, you're usually at the stadium around noon um, on the road. And uh, for these day games, you, you're here around 8.30. But, um, but yes. When you all go to Pittsburgh, I'm going to have Mike T uh, come get you out of your room and, and come to a meeting early in the morning and see if he uh, see if you can sit in there with, with, the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers staff and, and go over some football <laughs> meeting stuff for a little bit. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> hey, Ali, when you put together a lineup like you have today, a getaway day lineup, did you pretty much have an idea of what today's lineup w- would look like in game one of this series? Uh, you want to give your veterans, right, the day game after a night game, you want to give your veterans a day off. It is a travel day. So how much of what you have today was at least in pencil on Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, it was in pencil. I didn't want to do it in pen. But uh, when you look at here's the reality of it. We dug ourselves a big hole in April, and we, we played uh, just bad baseball. And we've made up a decent amount of ground, but the only way we did that was by playing our main guys every single day to get get to where we are today. And they're deserving of a day off because um, you're going to start getting diminishing returns by just continuing to play them. That bats are going to look off um, energy on the field. It's just, man, they've been going hard. So to be able to hit the reset button, give the three big boys a day um, and be ready for, for Cleveland and then Kansas City and then enjoy those two off days that we have before we go back on the road is going to be important. So the rest of the boys have to step up today. That's just where we're at. Somebody who's really stepped up this season, Ollie, we've talked about him so much, and rightfully so, is Nolan Gorman. He extended his hitting streak to 15 games last night. Is he kind of the example that you plan on showing players, especially young players moving forward, of how to properly approach the offseason to grow? That's a good point, and um, it, it is a very good example of it because you saw a player that has uh, what we're seeing right now extremely – high-end potential, and um, you get to the big leagues and you get exposed a little bit as to there's more game planning and, and 
better execution. So people are game planning better against you, and they're able to actually do what they're wanting to do to you. Um, and that he got exposed last year at the top of the zone and didn't have an answer for it. Went back into the offseason, made some real changes physically and mentally, and came back and had a solution for a lot of different pitches. Um, and we're seeing high, some pretty high production. So, um, yeah, it's a great example of using your offseason in a way that could be extremely uh, beneficial. Hey, Ali, uh, w- one more thing for me, and we were talking about this last week, how, how we in radio are so reactionary to one month or, or one game. No. Even. <laughs> 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 right? <laughs> we do, but we, we look at Jordan Hicks early in the season. We say, oh, Jordan Hicks is done. They got to do uh, – people were online saying they got to DFA Jordan Hicks. How much pride do you take in individuals bouncing back like him and Contreras and as a team that you, you have bounced back in April? There, there must be a level of pride in the group staying patient and playing the whole season out. I'm not sure if it's pride because we, we still haven't done anything. All right. Like we still have a ways to go and, and a lot more to prove. And, um, but when it comes to Hicks or certain players um, that people want to get super reactive and just say, like, get rid of this guy. He's hurting us. Like, there, there is a time to do that. There, there really is. But there all, there, there's also time to be patient, especially when you have high-end potential where you you want to see something through. The last thing you want is to give up on somebody early and then they put you down the road with somebody else, right? So um, Hicks is a perfect example of that. And we heard the noise. Um, but the reality is he's doing a really nice job now. And it, it, it takes courage to be patient. And um Sometimes that's that's what's needed in this game. Uh, we didn't play well in April. We're playing better now, and we still need to continue to do that. Hicks wasn't good in April. He's, he's pitching a lot better now, and he's helping us in some high-leverage situations. And we don't win the games that we won without him. So um, th- there's several players that fit into that bucket. Um, at the end of the day, as a fan, do we expect everyone to No. Like, as a fan, you're supposed to get mad when, when we don't play well and, and, and ride the highs and the, the whole deal, so we get it. But – there is a time to be patient. So do you ever have a one-on-one on your radio and just scream, you're an idiot? <laughs> no, 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 no I, I'd rather keep my sanity so I don't listen to anything. Oh, yeah. come on. We're fun. We're fun, Ollie. <laughs> hey, Skipper, thanks for the time on a game day a couple hours before the first pitch. We appreciate it. Go get them today. Have a, a good weekend in Cleveland, and we'll see you back home next week. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Ali Marmol, the Cardinal manager with us on 101 ESPN. And I don't blame him if he's driving down the road. If, if he's listened to everything we've said or I've said, I'll just I'll put it on me. If he's listened to everything I've said over the course of this season, I can see why he would be driving down the road with 101.1 on his radio and yell <laughs> at the thing. Character, you're an idiot. Randy, I never listened to radio, sports talk radio when I played. I never watched TV in turn. I, I just didn't. It was no need to because yeah. – they're not there. You know, the, we're not there. We're not in those locker rooms. We're not in the clubhouse. We're not in those meetings. We know to a degree, but we don't know everything. So, you know, as a player you and, and a coach and a manager, you have to really dial into what you're doing. And we say block out all the outside noise. That's what we were talking about. The outside noise is everyone else that is saying things that we don't want to hear. You know what's interesting is Petro, Chris Long. There, there's a few guys. Chris Duncan was one of the guys that they would say – 
yeah, I listen to you guys all the time. But once you, like Petro, once you start talking hockey, I press the button. Really? Yeah. And Chris Long was, but Chris Long would take it. Chris Long would listen to the whole show. Some right? people do like that stuff, yeah. too. Uh, because Motivation. Yeah. But not, not only motivation, but wanted to know who was being fair and who wasn't, right? And if I show up in the locker room, that's what I want to do. I want the guys to know that I'm accessible to them if I say something wrong, if they are listening, and that doesn't happen very often. But I, I appreciate the guys who admit that they're listening because they all do. Yeah, they, they do. do. They do. And it's part of it. Like you said, it's if you know what you have going on yeah. internally, it doesn't matter what we say. Yeah. But, of course, when you give us a lot of things to talk about, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So that's that's how it goes. Matthew Rocchio may world. or may not be throwing <laughs> up as we speak. We don't know what just happened Yeah, he just ran him. out. There he is. He's, 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 Mike Ryder is on the board. So Did, we're he Did he Mike eat Ryan. cookie dough? Did he eat cookie dough? Wow, that is a very good question. What was it? Did he eat, he cookie, eat cookie dough? dough? Oh, cookie dough, Matthew? Did you have was it cookie dough? Oh, he looks okay? bad, though. He looks really bad. <laughs> He's still Thank alive. You. Thank okay. you, Mike I'm Ryder. glad, that, glad uh, you're back. We may or may not have rock and roll next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Matthew's not feeling it right now. Poor fella. You okay, buddy? You want to talk? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you I sure? Just, I, yeah, I've I been dealing with like a cough and everything, and I just I ran out of water at the same time that like I, I got a little stitch in my throat, mm-hmm. and like I was not like no, I was not, not going to recover without like chugging a bunch of water. Like we that was very hard. Did you really? Okay. <laughs> well, I figured, I figured as long as, much. as we knew you were alive. Yeah, you guys got more mall out, and we're just yeah. like, okay, now make fun of the board. Yeah. Up, which is, yeah, yeah. It almost. I was, I was about here. to hack up a lung in the middle oh. of the interview. Sorry about that. My apologies. Good. So what do we got on the old... Uh, and by the way, we're uh, we are off today at 10. Then tomorrow we go back to 11. Jeez. And Brooke is leaving us after yeah, she's today. Yeah, no coincidence. Not right. All <laughs> no right. coincidence whatsoever. None whatsoever. <laughs> Four yeah. hours. She's like, I'm out of here. Uh, Good luck, guys. You. Going back home to Tennessee, Tennessee. to see the family and, nice. and visit with the parents. They listen every day. Good. Do they like us? Do they like Carrie? Oh, yeah. They love it. They love it. Tell them we said hello. Yeah. Oh, they, they'll hear. They'll, they'll hear it. They'll, yeah. they'll hear that directly because they listen to the show. My dad will kind of go back and forth between us and then the Nashville sports radio shows. Mm-hmm. So Are we better? He, he, I think that he might be a little biased. Okay. But or Nashville? No, he likes Uh-oh. us. So tell us about a Memorial Day barbecue in Tennessee. Oh, God. Is it, is it dramatically different than what we... I, like? My family's it, not big on that kind really? of stuff. Okay. And, um, I mean, okay. I don't think it's it would be dramatically different. Okay. I, I mean, you'd always have to have, like I feel like, all of the barbecue staples of, mm-hmm. I mean... Barbecue. Are you a spicy? Did you like that delivery yeah. of that? Barbecue <laughs> yeah. 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 staples of uh, barbecue. 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 Yeah. Uh, um, mac so, and cheese, coleslaw. Oh, nice. Potato Good. salad. You know I gotta chips, make some mac dip. and cheese. I gotta do that. Randy's carrot cake. Randy's carrot, carrot cake, cake is uh, legendary. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Can you I, ship I, it I to some, Tennessee? Uh, I make some pretty good mac and cheese. I may have to dive in and. Make okay. a little bit for the for the studio. Can you guys do it when I'm here? Don't yes, do it while we, I'm gone. We got please. To. We will. Well, we're gonna have. Are yeah. we gonna have food tomorrow? Uh, we're gonna talk to a food person. <laughs> oh, so you're gonna, gonna get really hungry food. talking yeah. about yeah. delicious. We're gonna learn how to how to <laughs> make. Uh, let's see. 
certain things, how to how to cook certain things so, on the grill. Uh, our buddy Mike Johnson from Sugar Fire is going to join us. We just need to nail down a time. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to talk barbecue tomorrow with uh, one of my favorite barbecue guys, Mike Johnson. So, uh, so uh, anyway, back to Tennessee barbecue. Yes. Is, is it more spicy or sweet? Um, well, if you're talking about, like, uh, I feel like the barbecue that's best known in Tennessee is Memphis-style barbecue, mm-hmm. which is, like, more the dry rub. Rendezvous. Rendezvous is mm-hmm. very well known for that. I had that one time in Memphis, and, man, you need a lot of water around you. Yeah. I mean, oh. that is, whew. I prefer, like, juicier <laughs> barbecue. Like Beast is really good here. I like Pappy's as well. I like juicier barbecue. I gotta give a shout out to my guy Chris over at Heavy Smoke. That's yeah. oh heavy, the yeah. Best. They brought in some, Ooh, and that was good. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so they they do it right. Yeah. So, but we're gonna get uh, an opportunity for you to barbecue at home. And obviously, when you go to a restaurant, the barbecue is spectacular here in St. Louis. But if you if you want a few tips on what to do, either on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, Memorial Day, you will get that opportunity tomorrow. That's one of the things we'll discuss. Uh, McKernan apparently taking the long weekend, too. And so we'll be doing the show until 11 oh, o'clock. We got some days off coming up here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, couple, it's a couple of days. It's going to be good. Oh, we got a ticket giveaway. <laughs> this is Bulletin, apparently. The Flash from Dallas, apparently official. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Cronkite started off the JFK broadcast, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Flash, now from Dallas. Yeah. A 101 ESPN is your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Dead and Company at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on June 7th. Very few tickets remain for the show. John Mayer is part of Dead and Company, and uh, what they do is a great uh, homage to the Grateful Dead. You can find all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. But right now, you can text in to 314-399-9646 to win tickets to Dead & Company. 314-399-YO-HO! And, Matthew, do you have a question, or do we need to make one Can we make one? Yeah, I got a question. Which segment did Rock almost pass out in? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, How about this? (laughs) Who who were we talking to when Rock almost passed out? Texture number 37. <laughs> Texture number 37 that Mike, can answer the question. Mike, do you know the answer to that one? Okay. Okay, good. Wins tickets to see Dead and Company. Well done. I wish people could have seen the panic, the sheer panic mm-hmm. on Rock's face as he tried to get Mike Ryder's he, attention. It was scary. Also, it my, was scary. my dad just texted me, so you guys know, because he, he, he is chiming in on what we're doing for our Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. He said, Mary Bono's at Jack Daniels. We are going to the Jack Daniels distillery. My okay. fiance hasn't been before, so we're going to go do that. And then we're also going to have sukiyaki, a very traditional barbecue dish is, uh, is what we're having. He's listening. Hey, hello, yeah. Mr. Grimsley. Sukiyaki. He Thank makes the listening. best sukiyaki. If people don't know what it is, it's like a traditional Japanese dish. It is amazing. Really good. What's Maybe it, what, I'll like, bring what's some. It, like, give us what, what, what's like. What's in it? It's like a. It's just a beef dish, like beef noodle dish, basically. Mm, is a good way to describe it. Nice. Like 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 a, like a beef like broth or is it like. Or yeah, like, kind of like a beef broth. Yeah, that's good. I can mess if with you, a good if broth. If you want to bring some back, that's fine. Some sukiyaki. Oh yeah, David loves it. Whenever awesome. we go down there. Sounds good. Well, good that'll be a great time. You excited about this getaway day lineup? I think I'm, it's why a, not. It's <laughs> smartly done. Tony always used to get ripped for his getaway day lineups, and then the, the team would always win. <laughs> yeah, and then people go, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And Tony would always say, "If you win a game like this, like when it, it's like with our weather, it's like a doubleheader in August. Hmm. So you win this game with a, with a, this lineup, and then win a game in August, like winner like winner to doubleheader." They're not going to use Gallegos or Helsley in this game, are they? 
Well, no, because yeah. Michael is going nine. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. No, yeah, you just missed that. Duh. Where are you at? You, you've got those guys tonight, today. Absolutely, you can use them. Yeah, if you have the lead. You got Pallante. Yeah, Pallante. You got Stratton. Yeah, I'm but sure. But if you have a safe situation in the ninth, it's Helsley. It might be Hicks. I think Hicks, well, it depends on how long Miles goes. Yeah, I, I would like to see. I mean, I think if you can give Gallegos and, and Helsley some more more time, yeah. that, would, that would be pretty good. So, somebody have the lineup like written down. I already put it away. Oh, uh, yeah, I got it right, right here in front of me. Uh, Lars Newport, center field, leading off. Stormland Norman Norman Gorman at DH batting second. Third baseman, Don, uh, Brendan Donovan, is batting third. Shortstop, Brent, uh, Paul DeYoung, is in the cleanup spot. First baseman, Alec Burleson, batting fifth. Left fielder, Juan Yepes, batting sixth. Second baseman, Tommy Edmonds, seventh. Your catcher, Andrew Kisner, eighth. And, Juan Mac- and Oscar Mercado at right field, batting ninth. All right, so there you have it. Great job today by our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, have a great weekend. Yeah. Please do. Have a safe trip. Yes. Oh, I will miss you guys. We'll miss you too, and we'll see you next yeah. Tuesday. Are you going to be tuned in on your on your way out of town? Will you be listening to yeah, us? Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> totally. Well, we're leaving today. Oh, I, I, don't, okay. I don't know if I'm going to stay get up tomorrow morning. It might be nice to sleep in yeah. a little bit on Friday. And, um, Stevie... <laughs> Going with you? Stevie is not. My my parents' dog, Luna, does not do well with other dogs. Really? And okay. we tried to introduce them. Stevie wanted it to happen, did not. And no. so we're we're putting Stevie away in boarding. Okay. I had to finish that sentence because I yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you didn't finish that. We're putting Stevie away. Okay. In boarding. <laughs> okay, good. She'll be, she'll, she'll be pampered. It'll be great. Uh, CD, it'll be you and me tomorrow. Indeed. Oh, man. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a, I don't know what's coming up on that. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.